0: to drunk valorant episode 30 um we've got a guest with us this week uh for those of you guys who have been active in our discord you uh might recognize the name here but we if you've been active you'll
1: recognize the name
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah so we've got You're laggy up. joining us um what up, what up? this week yeah you want to give a bit of background on yourself
2: uh yeah uh i'm laggy uh definitely if you've been around you know who i am um played a few games together i love the custom games um i i think i've been around for quite a bit one of the first ones in the court i think i could definitely be wrong
1: but no no you're right about that you were very early on
2: yeah but i love love listening to the podcast love the vibe the whole community has so definitely excited to be part of this
3: Oh yeah, you know we're we're excited to have you on. You're always like definitely the most active in the Discord, so <laughs> uh, we've guy. definitely I feel like gotten to know you and, and played with you a lot. So uh, excited to have you on for for an episode. Thank you for sure, for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. But of Alrighty, course, well, yeah. Um, well, I'm sure you know the number one rule of this podcast, correct? Oh yes, oh yes. So, uh, what do you what do you got in hand?
2: So I'm a very simple man. Um, I I'm probably more of a social drinker not a big just drinker just kind of like by myself i went out and got some very simple bud light seltzers got a variety pack i think it's called like tie-dye something
1: cool but cool yeah
2: got some uh some twisted berry here and then Oof. i got a couple others there's a blue raspberry and a cherry limeade that i'll be sipping tonight so i'm excited
3: yeah that twisted berry at least the can reminds me of like the, yeah, smirnoff, the smirnoff
2: ice, ice
0: yeah. like the fourth of <laughs> july good yeah. Like the they're berry Fourth yeah. of July
3: one, the rocket pops.
0: Yeah, those are the worst ones to get iced with. Oh yeah, because those fucking. I'm pretty are sure they only suck. come in the Tallboy cans, and they're like, I swear they're sweeter than a normal Smirnoff, which just makes saying, it brutal yeah. to have to chug.
3: Oh, they're way sweeter.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, a normal yeah, Smirnoff is the... tough too. But mm-hmm. you yeah, haven't tried the tie dye ones, but if you if you like them laggy, I might have to. Oh, check they're
2: them good. Out. Yeah, I cannot complain at all.
0: Alrighty, um, Hunter, what do, you, what do you got in hand?
1: Well, I uh, am deviating very slightly from what Laggy's got. I have the Bud Light Seltzer uh, Cocktail Hour series, nice. Um, nice. which was actually recommended. Brick, I meant to check before the pod. There was someone. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna find it real quick. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so not comp enough in uh, chat was saying that they work for Anheuser Busch. And so they were actually recommending these to me. And so I went out and got them and they definitely don't disappoint. They have a lot of flavor. Um, One of the, this one is tropical punch. I got a uh, lime margarita and a strawberry daiquiri lined up as well. It's like sort of like a lighter version of those cocktails.
3: That sounds pretty good. Um, Yeah, that does sound
1: pretty good. Do
2: they,
3: do they very much? That's what I'm thinking. I think, I think we need a Bud Light. Seltzer sponsorship. Yeah, Yeah.
2: that'd be cool.
0: Uh, Hunter, I gotta ask though: do they do they taste like the cocktails, or do they taste like, you know, like a a seltzer or like a wine cooler that just happens to have the flavor of the cocktail?
1: They, I think they taste like a lighter version of the cocktail. Okay, so yeah, not like it's the flavor is good. There's just like less sweetness, a little less of it.
0: Right, just like more volume. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Alrighty. well, Chase, I know what you're holding, but you want to inform the other people what you got there?
1: Yeah,
3: I'm currently holding an R and B brewing company peach cobbler sour. Um pretty fucking good. It's got a little photo of like a like a window with a peach cobbler in it. And that's how I Ooh. feel right now. Like I'm looking out at a sunny day, drink <laughs> drinking this and, and eating some peach cobbler. Nice. It's pretty good.
0: Oh, very nice. Alright, well I got another uh, Phillips brewing co. um uh, beer here. I've got a I picked the, the six hundred fifty milliliter bottle, so like a nice big guy. It's, um, amnesiac double IPA. Ooh. It's uh coming in at like a nice eight point five percent. Um that thing is massive.
1: Yeah, the double IPA double bottle.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's pretty much what you think of when you think of big burly IPA. Um cool pretty much the well, extra
1: hair in your beard when you're drinking <laughs> <Yeah>. that
0: <laughs> pretty much it's like basically the exact flavor profile you'd you'd expect um it's pretty solid i've also eaten like half a bag of chips today and that's about it so yeah. I'm, expecting it, I'm expecting it to hit like a truck on the empty stomach
2: i mean you drink that for a couple of weeks you're probably gonna start looking like paul bunyan <laughs> <That's
0: great. laughs> yeah does it does it help me get jacked too yeah of course I mean, yeah you
2: grow the beard out some more yeah, actually, up.
0: Just, yeah. i actually just uh, shave my beard
2: fairly recently you gotta do some chops just keep the sides mm. That'd be the, um... the
3: cast with any other facial hair looks weird you don't want to do it <laughs>
2: yeah. you gotta mm-hmm. just shave the chin just the chin
0: yeah just like, like the... right in there yeah yeah the, um, God, the, the wolverine look a yeah, uh, hugh yeah. jackman that's who i'm thinking yeah. of <laughs>
2: Now
1: I will say, Cass, I didn't get to it because of a of me having a very busy week. But you know, given the fact that Laggy shared my opinion that you disliking Bud Light products was incredibly stupid, mm. I, I was thinking I should contact Chase and Laggy and say we're all drinking Bud Light products. And oh, so it's yeah. amazing that Laggy picked one anyway, even though yeah. I am not <laughs> doing that. <laughs> that that, w-
3: that would have been reason. good.
2: I was I was gonna I was looking for someone. I'm like, wait, I have yeah. to get a seltzer. I have <laughs> <Yeah>. to. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I told Laggy earlier that it's uh, anything was good as long as he could shit on Cass with it, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that he delivered. Perfect, perfect. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's also definitely a stroke irony here in that our guest is the one person that's got the best audio set up here. Like, uh, a high, a highest quality I'm mic. I'm a little <laughs> wannabe yeah. streamer that
2: doesn't stream, you know what I mean?
0: We uh, Then the the three of us here are just using, like, weenie headset mics.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you I got
0: my new headset a couple too. of weeks ago.
1: Otherwise, it'd be a much starker contrast.
3: Yeah. Uh, Laggy, have you already gone over um, how you play in-game? Like, I know we did a little bit of intro, but did we, did oh. we talk about, like, your, your rank, your mains, etc.?
2: No. I, so... Let's see. I got the game pretty much at beta. Um, and, like, first first act when ranked hit, I, like, placed in platinum. So I was feeling pretty good about it. I was like, all right, whatever. We're going to push and push and push. Wow, that's impressive. Next act, next act comes, I get brought all the way down to, like, silver three. Like, the biggest ranked reset everyone thought was hitting. And then I push my way back up to gold. <clears throat> and then my other game that I play a lot is... Madden I'm a big Madden guy I love football always love football you can see I got some of the Viking shit back here so Mm -hmm. took like an eight-month hiatus from Valorant so now it's just consistent I'm like teetering between gold and plat but um I pretty much main omen but I've started to kind of teeter towards um like like KO and sky Try to try to be more aggressive in my plays, so I've been enjoying
4: that.
0: Cool. Alrighty. We just like playing with people
3: better than us, so that's why we like playing with laggy. (laughs) Like anyone to carry me up.
0: No, not not very hard to find people that are better than us. So, Mm -hmm. Um, no, there are plenty. High bar you've got to hit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Although I did uh, I did do the math because I was asked about it the other day, Um, and just by nature of being in gold, like. you're over the 50 percentile mark or whatever yeah which i I I was surprised about
2: i think last before the most recent ranked reset it was actually a short it was actually a smaller group i think it was like the top 30 percent of people were in gold and higher like yeah yeah. i think that that is how bad like the rank yeah just no
0: that that, that was the numbers that i was that i just looked up because um it's
2: crazy too because that's like the middle of the ranks like, yeah you yeah. would expect it to yeah. be
3: like the 50th percentile because gold is like directly in the middle yeah. but i think it makes sense because there are a lot more people that download the game and just play a couple of times and yep. you know are just starting out in the game uh, and so it makes point. sense that there's a lot of people in the lower ranks and that it that tapers off as you get higher um so For it sure. shouldn't i don't think that they should strive to be like gold is the uh, true center like gold too means that you're in the 50th percentile like that doesn't make a lot of sense um, yeah,
2: I actually really agree yeah. because like there's a there's a huge difference between like iron and bronze versus silver and gold in my opinion. Like, oh yeah, you have to you have to get a very very solid understanding of how the game plays to to jump into that next level of like silver and gold, and then obviously further into like platinum diamond. Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, honestly, I don't feel like I'm playing any different than when I was in bronze three like two acts ago. Um, yeah. So I don't it's know. Sometimes it's you're just still weird getting better. You yeah. know, it's,
2: it's just you getting better over time. And mm. a lot of people, like you said, they just kind of play to get on with their friends and they don't really like think about the game in a way they're, where they're trying to challenge themselves and, you know, get better at the game. So,
0: right. And, and like, gotta be like, Yeah. yeah. I, I was also going to say that, like, you know, e- even if there aren't like a ton of new players, right. That like the game's attracting, um, like, yeah, there. as you're pointing out, there's, like, a minimum level of game sense that, like, you need to really move onwards. Because, yeah. like, I, I think you can eat, like, I think it'd be possible for you to, like, drag yourself into gold just off mechanics alone.
4: Oh, right? 100%. Just,
2: yeah.
0: Just, like, I, I've i got a ton of experience, you know, just playing FPS games, like, on a computer. I've got really crispy aim. Like, I, I think you could just drag yourself up to gold. But, like after that, like, you're running into other people who are in a similar position, right? Yeah. And that's when understanding how the game works, understanding timings, like, general strategy, stuff like that really comes yeah. into effect.
3: See, I mean, you um, could say it the other way around, too, right? Like, if you don't have very good aim, I think that you could also drag yourself into gold, like, by playing very smartly. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah, I,
1: mean, I, like, my mechanics
2: I actually agree. With, like, There's a lot of people you see yeah. like in plat diamond that like you're like questioning their aim it's like how are you in this rank but they have a different way of thinking about the game to where they are a lot more strategic and their aim just doesn't have they just don't have to rely on it too much
0: right i was going to say with like take game out of the equation if you play like really intelligently and use utility really well like you could get much higher than gold because if you shoot someone in the back or in the side it doesn't matter if you get that one tap headshot. Yeah. Right. Like it, if they just have no idea that you're, that you've got a timing on them, like you, or you use utility to the point where they're flashed all hell, you know, like you can cost them, you flash them like they're 99 out of a hundred times. They don't win that gunfight. Um,
3: Oh, definitely. And I mean, I've, I feel like I've dragged myself to gold via a combination of mediocre aim and mediocre game sense. Um, where I feel like I'm not particularly good at either thing, but it's enough to keep me where I currently
1: am. Understandable.
0: Alrighty, well, um, so laggy, you wanna you wanna stand on your your little soapbox, Uh, Mister Cass?
1: Really? I think you're yeah? forgetting something.
0: Oh, I'm not. So, what am I yeah, forgetting? Yeah,
1: so when when we have a guest on the podcast, we usually do some sort of an activity. Early on, that was Mad Libs but we kind of realized that they oh, were yeah. just so much more fun for me creating the Mad Libs than <laughs> everyone else, especially So those have been phased out, but I have some an activity here that I think everyone will enjoy. Now, I'm not sure. I know Cass is the one who is most likely to have seen this already, but on the Valorant subreddit, there's a huge variety of content from amazing plays to just, you know, the most cringy rants and uh, people bashing the devs. But there was a post three days ago that was some of the best, like poetic writing about Valorant I have ever read, and it was oh. absolutely beautiful. And so I thought, I think we should just read this out to the people. We'll each there's like four points with like a paragraph each. I think we'll each take one, and I think we'll really enjoy reading it. And I think the audience will like hearing it. Look, um, your your activity is a
3: reading possible. assignment
4: dude okay what is this? trust grade. me on this trust this might me be good
1: this. i'm i'm kind of yeah, yeah. this Yo, might be good uh popcorn yeah, yeah. Okay, hunter i sending... <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay i yeah. just
1: yeah. sent the link in was in it on, the, the,
0: was it on the podcast that i found out what popcorn reading was or was that not on the podcast what? like wait, somebody, it was i actually somebody, wait, was
2: vaguely remember that
0: yeah somebody explained popcorn reading to me like last week i had no idea what it was prior to that
3: I remember I having this conversation, but it I don't know if it podcast. was or, or okay. off. It, it might have
0: just been in the Discord. Yeah, because yeah, I, yeah, no I was talking about popcorn and prayer, like but that wasn't
1: during podcast.
0: Okay.
3: Oh, that was definitely when this happened,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Did you, have you guys seen the the link I posted in hosts?
2: Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Okay,
1: so uh, <clears throat> this is a post by Velveteen Rabbit or Velveteen Rabot. I don't know. Anyway, so it's, it's titled, Playing in Iron is the Complete Human Experience, and here's why. Okay, okay. so we're just going to go through the points uh, in order of how we are in the Voice channel. So be me, Chase, Laggy, Cass. We'll each okay. take one, and I'll, I'll kick us Alrighty. off. Point number one. It is jazz. Lineups don't exist. Instead, players improvise their utilities based on their mood and the current situation. You'll never see them use those utilities in that exact way ever again, and that's what makes them magical. Tear away the veneer of practice and learned habits, and you have raw human expression. Viper walls cast seemingly at random, Sova darts that give more information than they get. An ambitious sage who learns to place her wall on top of boxes can be found proudly standing atop a new box every round. <laughs> this is amazing.
4: Isn't yeah. it?
3: I haven't heard this at all or read this before. I was going to say, yeah.
0: I, I did see this post, Hunter, you were correct, so I I, I do know what is in it. But <laughs> That is awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm
1: yeah so chase it's over to you for the next one
3: all right number two it is human connection duels are just that duels there is no ttk there's no reaction time two players meet each other like vagrants in the night their friends are far away they are strangers to each other they unload an entire clip at each other sometimes all at once sometimes in bursts between peeking and hiding they cut each other's hair they lick each other's toes by the time that one has killed the other he has come to view his fallen opponent less as a stranger and more as a deep companion in a brutal world. He feels grief and mourns the loss.
2: <laughs> oh my God, this is awesome.
4: <clears throat> all
2: right, so number three, it teaches contentment. Iron players know every feeling. We are the tiniest fish in the ocean of Valorant. We are the minnows, and it's the poor fish between us and sharks who come into our little pools and beat up on us when the sharks are through with them. But we accept it, and instead of passing on this trauma, we sublimate it down within ourselves and become stronger, though not better. We have died (laughs) to the last bullet of a full Odin spray. We have been caught with our knives out. We have peaked angles that were clearly being held by a sniper, and we have wasted a full clip, And then been killed by a frenzy, a stinger, or a slurry of Guardian body shots. We have watched someone reload their gun in front of us and then kill us with the same gun. We have felt it all. We did it again the next round and it's okay because we have found peace
5: <laughs>
3: that we did it again. The next round is so good.
1: They <laughs> just don't learn. I think the best line in this entire thing is <laughs> we become stronger, though not
4: better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Dude, no, I, I love the, we've watched someone reload their gun in front of us and then kill us with it. Oh, Dude, everyone's had that experience. Every, everybody oh, was yeah, yeah. Power and has that moment when you're sitting there you're spraying a guy down and you're just staring yep. at him strafing yep. back and forth putting that clip in and like you just know it's gonna happen like i'm halfway through my yeah. spray and i already know what the result is
5: you
3: know you're gonna get one tap from their second <laughs> yeah. clip like you know?
0: yeah i feel like that's the moment when
1: you find out whatever physical action you take when you're truly frustrated like for me yeah. i <laughs> slam my mouse into my mouse pad i'm just like bam <laughs> it's like that's like when the tilt sets in at least for a little bit <laughs> it's like yeah,
0: like, but I, I think on the flip side, like that person who's reloading their gun has all the time in the world to line that headshot up.
1: That yeah. is true because yeah. they're
0: not doing anything else. Well, right? they might be
3: jumping around, but I guess in iron they're probably just standing there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's like, I suppose, yeah, you could bunny hop back and forth trying to dodge bullets, but... That's like,
1: not an iron. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like, you're just standing there reloading your gun, and you've got hours to just line that headshot. Up. Okay, yep. number four. It is true love. The same ocean teems with covetous, desirous, rapacious fish. Little fish seek bigger fish. And plot still for even bigger fish. No such delusions in iron. Every human connection is genuine. Girls love boys for who they are and not their skill, which, which is little. And vice versa, and vice versa, and versa versa. Oh, I totally misread that, but we're going to ignore it. Um, There are no clout facers, no rank facers. No one adds anyone else in iron with the false hope that they'll be carried to diamond. Connections are made to deepen the individual experience in a way that only love can. Without the pretense, two gamers together can create a jazz that one alone never could. This is the power of true love.
1: <laughs> so there you have it. As soon as I oh. saw that post, I commented, might as well shut down the subreddit because we've peaked.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is it. Um, yep. I think we really just need to have Doobie back on the podcast to let us know if this is his feelings.
1: <laughs> um Mac <laughs> and iron these days? No, no, he,
3: he no, no is...
0: he's, in, he's in Bronze.
1: Yeah, yeah, he, he's
0: moved bronze on, but he,
1: he no, might no, still no, be. He's... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah true. <laughs> we got to have Tony on here for the first time. Yeah, no, no, no.
0: We, we told Tony that he had to listen to at least three, the, the latest three podcasts before he could join up. I don't so. care That's if they're the latest. The it can be phenomenal. any three.
3: If he oh, listens I'm... to a fucking podcast, he can come on
1: the show. <laughs> he just won't. <laughs> 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 That's great. Yeah, so I know you guys were a little skeptical when when I
0: yeah go ahead. What'd you say? I was just saying there's a lot of pressure when I'm supposed to be reading. Like, yeah, no kidding.
1: I was gonna say
3: thank God you got that last one because no way I would have pronounced rapacious correctly on the first try.
1: Yeah, I was impressed. (laughs) That was was pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, I know you guys were skeptical when I said it was gonna be a reading, (laughs) but I thought you guys would enjoy it. Covetous
0: and then rapacious. Yeah, back to back. (laughs) (laughs) They're really
1: testing my vocabulary
3: there. And the ones that tricked you up were uh, were vice. Vica and verse versa
1: yeah they're, they're just being a little goofy with that one yeah they're clearly yeah just, yeah, you know,
0: yeah. it was vice versa and this vica and versa 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Versa. yeah. Like, that's God, a tongue twister
1: you're getting a little I, wacky I, there with that one i, I tell you that one uh,
0: yeah,
2: yeah i also really like way of saying like over and over and over and over again yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I also love the line "Girls love boys for who they are and not their skill, which yep. is little." <laughs>
5: yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. No, pretty good. Pretty good post. And mm-hmm. I like. It's funny because I think that most of us have had an experience like this, even if it hasn't been an iron. For me, it definitely Dude, was an iron. I've
2: had this experience in gold. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. You just unload a clip at somebody, they unload their clip at you, and you're just standing there like, oh, what do we do now? And you guys just both reload in front of each other. Yeah. Like, I've had that experience.
0: You, you
3: both have a secondary yep. weapon, too, and it just does not come into your mind. Out. Yeah,
0: I, I don't understand how, like, because I, I notice this all the time when I'm watching Chase, how his mind doesn't go, ooh, classic. Chin. <laughs> never. Like, no. I, I never do not. that either. Never. Like, I, yeah and like i don't know, i i've had the problem whereas um there was a brief period in time after i had become just a full degenerate chamberman um and then chamber got locked and i had to go back to the jet yeah and i got into a gunfight and i was spraying somebody down and i ran out of ammo and so i hit q to pull out the old trusty headhunter and instead, I just updrafted into the air while reloading my gun, and the other person is just looking up at me like, "What the fuck are you doing?"
5: <laughs> did reload. you get the kill? What?
0: No, no, I did not. Oh, okay, <laughs> it speeded me down while I was midair.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I, I, you know, what's really interesting about the idea about point number two there is that you know, even though it's maybe a little bit dramatized in this, like. I will say that there is a a real human connection there where you have a duel where both you and the other person just do something stupid. And, like, you both should have killed each other multiple times. And then you have, like, a little text chat exchange, like, oh, my God, that was hilarious, after the round. Because, like, so often you just think of, like, the the players on the other team as just the enemy. But then when you have something happen, you remember it's not just a program against you. It's a real human being, and you have that little exchange in the text chat. It just, like, I don't know, it brings me so much joy.
3: That's pretty nice. And the thing about point number two here was that it's not only about what happens in the duel. It's about the setting, right? Mm-hmm. It's talking about how your friends are far away. You're strangers uh, to each other, <laughs> yeah. right? Like yeah, Two you're people just...
0: meet each other like vagrants in the night. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, <that's> like, <laughs> it's like
3: two people on a team that are nowhere near where they should be you know <laughs> right, right like not playing with their team not even like technically lurking like strategically they're just not where they right. should be either of them position. and they're like oh okay <laughs> right. here's a person let's unload a clip <laughs> like yeah. yep
0: yeah have you guys ever run into somebody like in the middle of buttfuck nowhere when like there was no reason for you to be there either yeah this like is that yes, situation yes yeah, yeah yeah i'm saying but like i lose the gunfight and my mind immediately goes to like Dude, motherfucker! Like, why are you there? Yeah,
2: they're saying the exact same thing about you. Exactly. It's like
0: it's like a post plant scenario. Like my team's planted spike, and I was dicking around over an A, so now I'm lurking back through tree to make my way over to B site. Um, and like I run into somebody holding cat. It's like, dude. Like, (laughs) first of all, it's like, what are you doing there? But second, like, yo, what am I doing there? Yeah, (laughs) I I should not have been there either.
1: Yeah, you you bring that up. I had a game on Bind where I was playing Yoru and there was a Cypher on the other team. And when I was on defense and he was on offense, we were both like lurking most rounds if if I if they didn't come to my site. Um and we would just run into each other in the weirdest places. <laughs> we just had to like we just caught each other off guard so many times. It was very much like that. Always 1v1. Like what the heck? How, why are you in this position?
4: Because <laughs> yeah.
1: we were both trying to find a timing on the
4: the rest of the team. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh. no! That 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 was a a well well done text post.
3: Yeah, I mean, oh, I, I I just find it nice that we have to. Uh
1: you know, outsource our content these days and, and go to
0: the, to oh, the yeah.
3: Valorant subreddit.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it's not like we're dipping into the pool a bunch. We're just finding, you know, the best fish in the pool and being like, you know, yes. this is a pretty damn good fish.
0: I mean, I'm going to be perfectly honest. On the day of the podcast in the morning, I open up the Valorant subreddit, go to the discussion, or like I click on the discussion flare and read through all of that to come up with podcast topics. Nice. So like, like, really? Chase, I got to up in. i've been doing this for a while (laughs) i had no no idea
3: idea you would do that i thought you were just like wild you know sleeping like mid middle of the night you have like a vivid dream and you wake up in a cold sweat and you're like holy shit i have an idea and you have have to like write it on your notepad that you keep by your bed for such times
0: Uh, there have definitely been times where like i get off the podcast and obviously i'm somewhere between the realm of buzzed and drunk and i have a great fucking idea for like oh we should talk about this next podcast and then I don't write it down. And then, like, I wake up the next morning. I'm just like, well, that's gone.
4: Like, <laughs> it. That's, isn't that the
1: worst feeling when you, like, have an idea and then all you can remember is that you don't have the idea. Like, that you had it, but then you don't yeah. anymore. Yeah. Like,
3: Most of the times when you're drunk, when you have that idea, it, the idea probably wasn't great in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very
0: true. But, dude, drunk me is actually very responsible.
1: Well, oh, okay. Which I mean, that's a
3: lie. Level
1: headed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because because Cass, it's it's funny. It's funny. Like I've noticed over time, you have like a line. Where, like, you can get, like, many drinks in and seem, like, not that different from yourself at all. But then there's a certain point at which you get drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you, it's, it's like a line there. That's just, it's, it's, when Cass hops on, I'm like, okay, it's one of those nights. It doesn't happen very often, but when it happens, it's funny. No, there's
3: never the time where Cass hops on and you're like, wow, is he a little buzzed right now? Like, I think that there's something going on. Like, he must he must have been drinking it's always like, oh, okay, Cass is on, or holy shit, Cass is drunk.
1: Yeah, I think the range <laughs> is something like three to twelve drinks, yeah. where you can't <laughs> tell what it is in there. But, like, sometime after that is when it's like, oh, okay, here it is.
0: Uh,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, never lost phone, wallet, or keys.
4: Beautiful, you know.
1: beautiful. And you better knock Well, on from your desk that, Oh, I wanted to interrupt to, you know, bring up this Reddit thing, but now we can get back yeah, to Yeah,
0: like, so, Laggy, up, really. uh, it is now the time for you to stand on your, your dinky little soapbox okay. and preach, preach to the, the so masses. I got,
2: a, I got a couple things. We'll start with this one. Um, it's kind of a hot take.
4: I, I like think
2: Sentinels are going to bounce back to be a top three team next year for 2023 VCT <clears throat> when franchising starts. And Shaz will not be part of that picture.
4: Oh, mm-hmm. that is a
2: hot take. So, I see. Here's my reasoning. Obviously, I think it's pretty commonly uh, thought that Sentinels are probably going to get a franchise spot. Um, despite recent performance, they are—they're still kind of the team of Valorant. Like, they as a team are kind of the faces of Valorant. Like, they had that. Everyone thought that it was going to be the Sentinels era, right? And they kind of had that. Um, but like. After this group stage, it's still not looking very likely that they're going to make it through. Obviously, they have a lot of things that kind of have to happen. Um, but I, I really do think that after this group stage, if they don't make it, it would be very foolish of them to to not make significant changes to their team. And uh, there's going to be a lot of players becoming available. Like with LG disbanding after this, there's going to be more teams to follow. And so I I just think something's going to happen to where they've got the experience. They have the, they, uh, a lot of their guys are able to compete on that stage. So I think, I think they will bounce back to be another top team in NA again.
0: I mean, so here's what I think is going to happen, right? Uh, I don't know who owns Sentinels, but whoever they are, they're going to pull out their wallet or their checkbook. And they're gonna—they're gonna have to start writing some fat checks. So basically, what I think they're gonna need is they're gonna need a to buy out Yay, right? And then they buy out <laughs> oh. SOM and EU from NRG, and then you need an IGL who also plays smokes. So like, Cass, I
1: think he, I think he committed a bit of a party foul here.
0: Fits into there. Yeah. Cass is like, taking I, this I,
3: entire I, t- segment away. From, yeah, from yeah, the Lyman topic,
1: pulled out a and, soapbox, and instead, and then he Cass wants just to... pulled out like a three times bigger soapbox and just jumped up on it.
3: Yeah, Cass wants to go back and rehash his fucking drafted team from last week's episode, which I I guess since he brought it up, we can say that it's bullshit that everybody is voting for his team. Like, holy fuck, it's just, it. Okay, it has tens and yay, sure, but Not like,
2: a single person voted for Hunter's team. By the way, dude, I am yeah. So can bad. we? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, we so wanted to
3: of, talk about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, so six people voted for Cass's team, five people voted for Chase's, and uh, no one voted for mine. Like, bruh, my team would smoke your guys'
2: team. Here, here, here. I never voted yet, so there yeah. you go, Hunter. Oh,
4: oh, oh my pity. god! Wow,
2: god. that is a pity it a vote. vote. It like, doesn't it even was, count. That wasn't a pity vote. Come <laughs> hey, on, hey, hey, I'll take it. I'll take anything vote. at this point. I'm desperate here. <laughs>
1: yeah. But but to get yeah, back to that. Laggy's initial soapbox, um, that's interesting because – Yeah here's where i can see your your idea coming true there laggy that you know for a while sentinels really hesitated on getting a coach it seemed like they really wanted to be player driven and i think a lot of that was shaz and his igling and yep. it seems like his igling has not kept up like he was initially seen as a great igl because of his flexibility and letting you know every, everyone shine but it seems like whether that's because of streaming like people like to throw out or just because of the meta passing him up like sentinels strategically have just been outclassed recently so maybe moving on from him would be a good idea like i can see what you're saying
2: yeah i think so actually shaz just tweeted i want to say yesterday he um let me pull this up real quick he tweeted something along the lines where he was actually streaming 30 percent less um these last couple like this last month or so and he was still kind of puzzled on why he's getting so much hate. And it's like, it's not, I don't think people are hating him. I think it's just people are so frustrated with their performance and with him being the IGL and him being the most prevalent streamer. That's just who they kind of go to, you yeah. know, you know what I mean? Like, cause, cause like you said, they, he was the IGL or he is the IGL. And I mean, in a sense, he was their coach. He was putting in uh double overtime, triple overtime cuz he would practice, he'd put together strats and he'd stream like 8 hours a day still. And it's like it's like that's a lot for somebody. And so I really do think that he's going to make that decision. He he's, he's kind of like hinted at it in his streams whatever that um I think he will leave. He's going to step down and he's going to focus on becoming a content creator cuz he's already got such a massive following. It'll get rid of the hate or at least the bulk of it I think. And it's going to allow Sentinels to kind of thrive and become that top team again.
0: Oh, I like, okay, I, I don't know who is the like highest Valorant streamer, like in terms of views. Is it Tarek? Tarek, yeah, 100%. yeah, okay. So I, I don't at watch. Times
2: gets more viewers than the actual Valorant stream,
0: like in the yeah, watch party. Like, yeah. I, yeah, in the watch parties. That I knew, but like, yeah, I so like, I feel like, yeah, like there's probably no denying. The fact that Shazam just makes more money streaming yep. than he does by being a pro player. And, like, I guess to a certain extent it kind of goes hand in hand because if he – if Sentinels didn't win out, like, Masters 1, Masters 2 in, yeah. like, the first year of competitive Valorant, like, he probably wouldn't have that following. But, like, now he's got that, and there's just no denying that he makes more money. Yeah. Screaming okay. than like he does by being a pro player, um, and so yeah, I, I feel like that that's always hard, right? Like you, if you look at any other major sport, um, like I, I hockey's just happens to be the one that I know best, but like there's the only ways in which you make money outside of your salary are by like you know like sponsorships or like by doing ads and stuff for like companies. Right yeah. and so, like it it's a known thing that if you play for the Toronto Maple Leafs, they've got a massive following, you're more likely to get really good like sponsorship deals um, like that it, it's just kind of like a known thing, right, yeah. and so but that only comes by nature of you being a really good professional player, yeah, whereas streaming introduces. <laughs> A a completely separate means uh, of income is in like your like a, a in the sports example that I just gave. If you weren't on a pro team performing well, you you don't have this alternate source of income outside of your salary. That's but, really a good
1: point. Yeah,
0: but streaming is entirely different. In once your persona's out there, right? Like you. Once people start watching your stream, once people are like, oh, like, I, I enjoy the content that this guy's putting out. Like, that, that income that you're gaining is, is now being somewhat separated from your, like, professional career. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I think Shazam is definitely at the point where it, it, it's kind of taken, like, that's kind of the bulk of the money he's making.
2: Yeah, I 100% agree. I think the only reason he's competing right now is out of pure love of competition. I don't I don't think he's doing it for the money at all cuz he knows. I mean, he knows he's making way more streaming and just the fact that he's started to stream less because of all because of their lack of success, like you can tell he still really cares. So it's going to be a huge decision for him, but like I just think it would be silly of him not to just step down and just just start streaming. You've got the following, you've got the personality, you've like he's going to be very successful regardless of if he continues to compete or not.
3: Yeah, I mean, a couple of things. Like, I I like Shazam, right? I, I watch his stream sometimes. He's entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not super into like all the fucking yelling, but you know, <laughs> it's what it is. Um, he's got a following from it. But if you're streaming eight hours a day and you cut that down to thirty, like by thirty percent, um, you're still streaming too much to be doing all the other shit that's required of him.
2: Absolutely, right?
3: Like you just yep. can't do that uh, sustainably. Well,
1: well, yeah. Chase, I'm gonna half push back on that to say, do you know like how much the average Valorant player practices, and like if that is necessarily true. That if you stream for five hours a day, does that cut into time that other people would be spending differently in terms of preparing for Valorant?
3: Uh, I I don't know, but I I do know that like there are teams such as like the Guard that have very rigorous practice schedules um, and for months and that do like boot camps for at least eight hours a day every day. Yeah. They they train six days a week, um, doing scrims, doing other other things because. You know, when you're outside of scrims you still need to like come up with strategies, work on lineups, etc. Um And so I, I feel like if you look at Sentinels as a team, right, they have the individual components. Right? Like you have tens who just fucking pops off, right? You have yeah. you have Sick, you have Dapper. Um you have Kimpeki who I think is an incredible player. And
2: Oh yeah, he's gonna be around for a while.
3: There's a reason why I put him on my like drafted him onto my team last week. Um and then you have you have Shazam, and it seems like the only thing missing for them is these strategies. Like you have the fragging power, the abilities as like each individual player to make it um really far in, in North American Valorant. But that's not how they're doing. Right? So yeah. what what's the difference here? What's making them not be one of these top performing teams right now? And you can see it in their games, right, when they just dry peak angles or it seems like all strategy flies out the window, um, that there is some sort of disconnect from what they've planned on doing and what they're doing in game. And I don't know if that's not planning enough or if that's individual players not, like, thinking about the plan and just being, like, you know, ego peeking shit. You know, so that could be a team culture thing. That could be an individual player's thing. Um, but it all comes down to like the way that you're training, the way that you're you're boot camping. Uh, if you're going to do more of that, I think it just gets more ingrained in you.
2: Yeah, I've noticed that Sentinels seem to be kind of behind the meta very often too. They don't adapt as well as these other teams, and the reasons they were they were so successful early on and may, having the run they made. <clears throat> they didn't really need to worry about that the game was still very young it was it was within the first like year uh maybe more and these teams didn't have like a like a very hardcore understanding of how the game was how these agents played these strategies all like the they knew lineups obviously because they're i mean they're pros but like sentinels were just overpowered mechanically mechanically wise and so like now all these other teams have gotten to their level and have surpassed their level. They're just kind of still stuck behind, and there's really no way for them to really jump that curve anymore because everybody else is still progressing and still adapting to the meta. And so it's like, when you're already behind, how are you going to jump ahead again without making a significant change to your team? I mean, they're the only team with a former player as a coach who right now is actually subbing in as a player. So where's their coach again? You know what I mean? Like they have an IDL. They got their coach in every round. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like. They got a
0: tag timeout every every round. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. pretty much. And so it's
2: like, how are you guys, how can you really expect this team to do as well as it used to when they've got so many things set against them and they kind of set themselves up for failure by not adapting to the meta changing. I mean, almost on a week by week basis.
0: No, I I think their largest issue right now is just a, a role problem. Because um, yeah. at least, like, now, I don't watch any, like, streams on Twitch. So the amount of information that I have here is obviously taken out of context, just on somebody clipping, like, a one- to two-minute clip, somebody's stream and posting it on YouTube. And then yeah. that gets added to my recommended feed. So, like, I will admit that a lot of the information I have here is probably taken out of context. But I I know that or from what I've heard, it seems like Tens has voiced interest in you know, using other agents, right? Like being like playing playing Chamber or um like I know that was a big one. He wanted to play Chamber or he wanted to when Neon came out, he was interested in trying out Neon. He wanted uh, to be
2: the one of the first to try Yoru.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I respect before
2: him. before the rework
0: right and yeah like it, it, they, like the clip that i'm particularly referencing is somebody who went through or like he went through his like you know just competitive match history or whatever yeah. and dude absolutely pops the fuck off on chamber right like and that's going to happen when you take one of the most mechanically gifted players in the scene and absolutely. put him on an agent who excels based off you know mechanical proficiency yeah um, but he can't do that simply because the roles are very stagnant on that team. Right? Like, if, if he's yeah. not playing your jet entry, somebody needs to entry. And yeah, and, and, and after... even worse,
1: you know, sometimes he's forced onto the Rays where he has done really well, but he also is very inconsistent.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, he is so inconsistent on the yeah. Rays. It's either very good right. or very bad. There's, he's never had a mediocre game in that role.
0: Um, um, but like, I, I think one of the large problems is like, you, you've got. Shazam, who, in theory, should be pretty good on Chamber, right? Yeah. Like, Shazam was the was the primary offer for the team before Tense joined, um, but he finds that he can't IGL from that role, which I don't know what IGLing really consists of, yeah. and so I can't really fault him for that, right? Like, if he's going to say, hey, like, I have a really hard time doing what my job is when I'm playing this agent, you know, like that—that's a fair point to bring up. Um, but because of that, it—it it, it seems like the roles are very stagnated, and they can't really get out of that because they—they they need tens to entry, um, and and it—it it, it seems like they don't have the flexibility that some of the other teams have. Um, and it—it it seems like a bunch of these other teams that are currently towards the top of um like the North American Valorant scene have more flexibility in which roles different people on the team are capable of playing and that allows for you know you to swap your team comp up based on maps yeah, and so i feel like that's something that Sentinels really struggles with like the inability to change the roles and The fact that there are, are what, seven maps in the game right now? Yeah. yep. Like, you don't, the same team comp isn't going to work for all of them. And so even if they could create a team comp on a map or two that really, really works for the roles that they have available to them, one of them is going to get banned out. And so then you only got one, right? Yeah. It's like, I feel like they've kind of, you know, dug themselves into a hole with that. And I, I definitely agree that like if something's got to give. I just don't know if they're going to return to being a top team coming to franchising.
2: Oh, mark my words, it's happening. <laughs> so you think you think, and
3: I, I agree with that. If they make changes, right? Like your yes. whole point yep. of this was that they're going to come back in the next season um, and perform yeah. a lot better. And I think that yes, as long as they make changes. They um, have
2: to be significant too. They can't be one player out. Like they do with Zoms. They took Zoms out, they brought Campeki in. And it was confusing because Zoms is their controller. For a long time he was considered the best controller in, in the world. Um and then you brought in Campeki, who isn't a controller. Yeah, you get so flex. now you have to switch sick in to be a controller. And it's like this guy was is one of the best flex players in the world. So, like, what are you guys doing? It's, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, they've tried to adjust and they've tried to make changes to their roster, but they're not doing it in the way that they should be.
4: And no, yeah, I, 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 do
1: think... I would agree. Um, I have thoughts about both what you said, Laggy, and what you said, Cass. That, um, when you're talking about the role of problems, Cass, I, I thought of Hundred Thieves, where, um, For a while, when they had Hiko, Nitro, Steel, Ethan, Asuna, um, it worked all right for Asuna to just always play Duelist. But then when they started mixing things up, him always playing Duelist worked a lot worse. Um, And so with the newest roster, they've moved him to that flex role and had Will as the Duelist. And that's worked so well.
2: Asuna's been thriving in that role. It's been so fun to watch.
1: I totally agree. He's my favorite player, so I'm very biased, but I would wholeheartedly agree that I've loved seeing him bring that aggression to the KO and, to a lesser extent, the sky. So, like, you know, that's the kind of thing that Sentinels need to do to, like, rethink. I'm not saying just moving 10s to flex will solve their problems, but to rethink, like, what roles do we need to, to fill? Do we have those people on the team right now? And if not, let's rethink the team, and then let's slot everyone into a role where they're comfortable and we'll be set up for success.
4: Yeah
0: you know i i i think there's like and you know to to harken back on like you know just comparing valorant to cs um i feel like you know in cs you kind of have more stagnant roles right cuz despite the fact that the map changes like you you're still playing like there there's a default kit and everybody has access to that same kit you get you yeah. get flashes you get smokes you get you get mollies right um and so you can play the same role on every map. You can be your team's primary entry. You can be your team's, um like, you know, like, secondary entry. You can be the team's auper. Uh, You can be the Lurk for your team. But because Valorant has different agents, I think a, a very underrated, you know, characteristic is just flexibility. Right? The, yeah, the ability to to play agents, not just different agents within a given role but to be able to to span different roles right cuz i'd say somebody having the flexibility to be like oh i play like traditional sentinels but then also i can play viper if needed i feel like that's almost not enough anymore because of how drastically different the team comps are becoming across a variety of maps, right? Like it, it used to be that Jet and Sova were pretty much locks yeah. on every map in the pro scene.
4: Or most of the Sova. Yeah.
0: Right. Like that's just not the case anymore. Um and and so I, I, I do think that we're we're starting to see that as people figure out unique and niche scenarios in which the different agents in the game excel at, you being you having the flexibility to play a variety of agents is, is just going to become a, a much more wanted. trait.
4: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I to
3: totally agree so often.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I can't agree more with that, uh, cast because, you know, there's a long period of time of months where on most maps you would have a jet Sova and an Astra. And so like, if you had someone who is good at any of those, then they could play that on most maps whereas now it's really just chamber that shows up on most maps and all of the other roles there's a ton of flexibility in. So, and they're working on trying to bring chamber down a little bit so he's not as dominant. So like I fully agree.
3: Yeah, and it is all like I find this all like a little um I don't know if ironic is the right term because uh, I I'm all, I'm thinking about the guard right now. Right? and yeah, the guard just, came up it's... in a time where the meta was really good for them you know playing astra um playing like a bunch of roles that you would not consider meta like at this exact time and when they tried to adapt in the first couple of weeks of group stages here they didn't do very well at it um they couldn't really adapt to those roles and so then last week and this week they've gone back to their um like more traditional comps which might not be fully meta but everybody's comfortable in those roles and they've started looking a lot better again. Right. Well they did lose this week, right? They lost this week to Exet in a very, very close match.
2: Yeah, it was very like close. it was yeah,
3: really I didn't, I didn't really good games. It. Um But I would say that yes, I while I agree with, you know, being flexible and keeping up with the meta is really important and that that's a um, you know that that's a, a good thing to have for your team, but it's not the most basic like component of it. I think that just feeling comfortable on your role is the most basic as we could see as like with guard as the example. Um, So it's kind of a a weird balance where, you know, maybe they're not doing as well as if they were all comfortable on the current meta, but for them it was more important to, uh, to fall back into their comfortable roles. And now they're popping off again. Yeah. Right, and they're still being extremely competitive against teams who are playing with a new meta.
2: Yeah. And I, I kind of want to rebuttal. The, what I'm starting to see with the Guard is they're, I would argue that they're going to start a sort of um, Sentinels-esque kind of, uh. I don't know what the word is, but they're kind of going in that direction. Trajectory with with Sen- yeah with yeah trajectory. Thank you. Sentinels they got super comfortable with their comps. They ran the same comps per map all the time, and they were winning and winning and winning. The guard before Iceland were winning everything with the same comps that they were running on every single map, and nobody had an answer when they tried to adapt in Iceland because of these different teams around the around the world. They fell apart. And in the group stages, they continued to try to adapt and they weren't doing well. And like you said, they went back to what they knew, what they were comfortable with. And they won finally. And this weekend, they had a very close series. And I think comfortability will only get you so far. um, While it is so nice for the players to not have to worry about trying to change how they play, trying to change how they think about the game you have to be able to do that and you have to be able to do that quickly because just because of how often the meta is changing. And so like, I, I do think that comfort comfortability is the most important, but I think adaptability is right there with it.
3: Yeah. And so, I agree with you on the adaptability. Like I'm just kind of yeah. playing a bit of devil's advocate here because we yep, have yep. such a blatant blatant example of it. Um, yeah. And so it's, I don't know, it, it's just interesting to look at that and be like, oh okay, they can still be very competitive and you know, even if they can't get as far, like it means that changing to the newest meta isn't always the best decision.
0: Correct, I agree. Well, like I, I do think that's a very healthy game state, right? Like I I much prefer to see non mirror matches. Like oh, when yeah. it comes to roleplay. Um and yeah, they, there was um I think I brought this up before, but I, I was kind of out of it. Uh we've been hungover while I was just lying in bed, kinda listening to this guy talk about it. Um I, I think it was Thinking Man's Valorant, um, going over dis the agent win rates, um, uh, but like specifically focusing on non mirror matches. Right? And and talking about how um, there are certain picks that are currently not meta that seem to be really excelling currently. Um, and it might be because they are not meta that they're really excelling. Who? Um, yeah, such and, as, oh, like Killjoy on Icebox. Killjoy on Icebox has like a, a 75% win rate in a non mirror match. Interesting. Um, as That's like surprising. One of them, whereas, whereas Breach, on the other hand, Breach on Haven, in non mirror matches, has like a 30% win rate.
1: Because at a certain point, teams get used to, like, the meta ages. Right.
0: and so, like, yeah, the yeah, yeah game, exactly. Yeah. Like, the, the thing is, like, a ton of people have started playing Breach, Breach lately on, on Haven. And I, I think the initial thought process was, as Astra has fallen out of the meta and there's such an emphasis over a main control breach gave you a a cheap and easy way to try and gain a lobby control and so i think that's for the most part why breach started getting picked up on that map um but uh, but again it's a, as teams get adjusted to Playing against what, like the you know, the the standard comps, like they they get less value, even if Riot changes nothing about the game, right? Like you you come up with creative ways to to get past certain utility, and like a, a really great example of that was Victor picking up Neon on Haven, and the whole idea was he could beat the breach stun through a lobby and get himself yeah. into sewers before that went off. um. And that gained so much value because what what people have been, or like every team kind of plays around the fact that like, oh, if we breach stun through a lobby, like this control was kind of free. And then we can have somebody post up on the long angle and just see if anybody crosses. Um, But because Neon can beat that timing out, like, Optic gained a ton of value just by playing a non-meta agent. Yeah. And, and so I, I, I really like to see these these lesser meta picks because, like, if if people aren't accustomed to them, there, there's a chance that you can gain a lot of value there, where otherwise, if you're just playing into the meta, you're kind of revolving around, or you're kind of putting up a bit too much stock in we've got the better strats, we've got the better aim.
3: Yeah, and as Hunter said, like, that really does speak to a healthy uh game state because you don't want to see, like, the same five characters played uh, by both teams on every map. Um, right, it, it speaks to good age and balance overall. Obviously, there's minor tweaks that could always be done, but um the ability to pick up different characters, different team comps, and still be competitive is
1: what I think makes professional games really interesting to watch. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think there's a real balance, too, uh, along those lines of, you know, comfort, comfortability and adaptability and seeing different agents than just the same five, like Jace was saying. Because um, on the one hand, like, the guard going back to, like, their comfort picks... Is interesting, But they still haven't really proven themselves, in my opinion, because they beat TSM going back to their comfort picks. And TSM has long struggled to prove whether they're even worthy of being considered a Tier, tier 1 team. Um, and I think their up and downs record in this tournament hasn't done much yet so far on that count. But, you know, looking at Optic and like Cass was saying, how Victor, you know, today when they were playing Evil Geniuses, He did not do well on Raze, but then he did well on two agents who are really not firmly in the meta. Neon, who's been a situational pick by some teams, and Yoru, who's been a situational pick by very few teams. Um, So I think that's a good example of how, like Cass was saying, if you can bust the meta, if you can find a way to counter what people are doing with picks that catch people off guard, that could be really powerful. Rather than being like, uh oh, we literally can't play the meta well. So we have to go back to agents that aren't as good now. I think that's a much worse position to be in.
3: Yeah. Now, Laggy, I know you yep. unless you have any final comments on this one, I know you said that your your soapbox had a part two. Oh.
2: Yeah. Um so I briefly mentioned that Um Sentinels pretty much have a guaranteed franchise spot. Now, along with this franchising, um, as of right now, we kind of have an idea. And this is coming from a tweet from George Geddes, who's kind of like the main Valorant Leagues guy, the main info guy. There are only going to be 8 to 10 teams in the Americas League. Um, And that's North America, Brazil, and LATAM. We're talking 8 to 10 teams. There are... Around 20 professional teams just in North America alone. So we already know that LG is going to be disbanding after this group, sp- group stage. There's going to be a lot of other teams that are going to follow short thereafter. Um, George Geddes predicts that Phase is going to be the next one. Which I thought was kind of crazy because of how big that org is. Um, yeah. But if you really think about it, there's only going to be four to six teams from NA that are going to make the cut. And uh, I kind of, I wrote down some predictions. It'd be, I'd be, it'd be cool to get some of your guys predictions. Um, I predict that if there's only four, it's going to be optic for obvious reasons.
1: Yeah. I feel, Sentinels, I feel like optic is a lock.
2: Yeah. Sentinels. Um, just because the first year, year and a half of Valorant, it was theirs. Sentinels own that shit. Like they, Nobody was touching them, um, and they're still a huge name in in the game. C nine, I think, is kind of on that line, uh, more towards kind of getting that guaranteed as well, because of how big their org is. And then last but not least, if there's only four hundred thieves, again, size of the org, the name of the org, um, and how much money they have. One of their one of their um, investors is Scooter Braun. I mean, this guy like runs like Ariana Grande's career and like. Works with Drake, like this guy's I name. did
1: not know that he invested in them. That's interesting. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, if there's going to be six, I think my two other ones I would say would be TSM. Again, another big org, uh, another well known org. And then my dark horse, I actually have said the guard. Um, that is a dark horse. Wow, it's a yeah, young a huge team. Dark horse. yeah, it's a young team. uh A lot of people are getting behind them very easily because th- I think. Me, personally, I love seeing the young guys kind of dominate and kind of beat all these experienced guys. <clears throat> but with that said, that means teams, obviously LG, FaZe, Xset, um, Ghost Gaming, NRG, where are all those guys going to go?
3: Yeah, this right. is all the teams these, that are only currently in the group stages are, too. Just right. in the group
2: stage, yes. And so I think once this franchise starts... Like we're not even in the golden age of Valorant yet. These teams with all the with this influx of free agents are going to become God tier teams. And we're just getting started. And I think that um I just think it's gonna be crazy. So it wasn't really a hot take, but it was like just kind of putting that into perspective of the franchising starting so many different so many of the teams are gonna get shaken up.
3: See, I think yeah, regardless of it being a hot take, there's so fucking much to talk about here. Um, yeah, and uh, we're gonna be talking and not having answers a lot in this topic. I know um, I, it's with, all yeah. speculation. We love to yeah. do here on the Drunk Valorant Podcast. We love to not really. have the answers at all. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, I have no idea how this is gonna work. The whole fucking franchise system. Um, yeah. I'm, I was thinking the same thing. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't have any experience in previous fa- franchise systems. Like, I don't know how it's going to work at all. None of us, I mean, I don't know about you, Laggy, but uh, played Overwatch at all and and know anything about the Overwatch League. But I know that it ruined the game for them, right? They did it very poorly. Yeah, Um, the
2: biggest thing, go ahead, sorry.
3: Yeah, so I'm like, this could just also, if it's done poorly, ruin Valorant. Yeah. Right, so it does have a massive upside, like you were saying, of, of it could, you know, be the golden age of Valorant. We could be heading toward that, but it could also just ruin the entire competitive scene.
2: Yeah. There needs to be a way for the teams that don't get the stipend, which is a whole nother thing, from Riot, they need to have a way to compete their way into the system. There needs to be uh um what's the word? Those doors that just spin uh,
0: revolving well, door. It,
4: yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah but like revolving door.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean I think the t- term you're really looking for here is uh uh what is it? it starts with an r it's like revolving door no no it's not regulation (laughs) the word was on the tip of my tongue relegation relegation is the word.
2: relegation system yes that's exactly what i was
0: thinking of but it's Uh, like because like i I know that that soccer has that
2: yeah if you don't do that well you're gonna have the same teams competing over and over again there's gonna be teams that dominate and teams that can't get over that hump and then you're gonna look at you're going to see like now right now optic is at is on top sure we just witnessed them lose to eg which shouldn't have happened and we were just memeing about like oh optic sucks now they're 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 washed eg number one now but it's like you're going to get to that point if there's no way for these for these former tier one teams to get into the system of just just domination from other teams and i think we spoke about it earlier but like How are you going to have all these teams compete without a huge ping diff? Like every single event. Yeah, how does this work? Yeah, I think every. uh, Actually, I actually pulled this up. I think I still have it.
3: Yeah, like are you um, always competing in LAN events? Are these teams traveling all over like North and South America to compete here? Like, yeah, yeah.
2: this is weird. Yeah, I have it right here. For Valorant, these leagues will be the pathway for international tournaments such as masters and championship champions. The partnership system, which was announced on April twenty eighth by Riot, will be in twenty twenty three with three international leagues, which will all be hosted on land with live audiences, providing health and safety guidelines are met. Um yeah, and then it just goes into each each uh league. It's gonna be the Americas and then it's gonna be Europe, Russia, Turkey and MENA. We'll make up a second league, and then Southeast Asia, Korea, Japan, South Asia, and Oceania. Like, dude, there are so many teams that are just going to be broken. Yeah, and they're all going to fall from tier one to tier two, some tier three. Because,
3: well, will you even have a tier two or tier three scene? That's the real question, right?
2: Like, if there's no relegation system, then
0: what's the point of yeah, like, like, eg, right? Who we just saw beat Optic today. Yep. Would not have existed if there was franchising. No chance.
1: Well, my okay. So my big question is like worst case scenario, which would be a truly bad scenario, is that like the franchising is locked down. So yeah. like you know, I'm pretty the sure tournaments it is locked are. Down. Well, okay. Well, what I mean by locked down is that you know the only teams who are competing in these tournaments to get to the international lands are the franchise teams because like I'm if you imagine like sure the NFL, that's how it
0: works. though. So.
1: Oh, okay, shut up, Cass. I'm not talking. Okay. <laughs> so, so, like, if, you know, Laggy and I both follow the NFL very closely. This is nice because I can make an NFL reference and not be the only one yeah, yeah. who cares. <laughs> so, like, if you had, like, you know, if the entire NFL was, like, you know, Lions, Jaguars, and then, like, you know, like Rams and, uh, Chiefs. I don't know, like, pay- yeah, Chiefs, like Rams and Chiefs, and then pick two teams in the middle that are kind of, like, in the, like, okay, like they have a shot at stuff, like that would be really boring to watch.
3: You're
5: gonna have the same teams winning. Over uh, were, and you over. Get,
1: were you
3: giving the Lions as an example of the shitty teams? Come on, yeah. don't do me like that, man. Lions, no, no, like, don't don't, so, don't yeah. stab yeah. me in the heart like that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wait, do you like the Lions, Chase? If I had
3: to pick.
0: He's a Detroit dude. Okay, well,
1: here's the thing. I actually like the Lions. I'm kind of rooting for them as like an underdog team. But, like, they've been so bad for so many years. And, like, even this year, like, they don't have a ton of talent. So, like, but, like, the point is that you would have a lot of games where, you know, in the NFL, it does a great job where they have a salary cap and a salary minimum. So, like, the teams are all very competitive financially, but they're just some teams that aren't well run. So you have situations where, if that was the league, you would have a bunch of games that would be like, "Well, I know who's winning this game," yep. and then you'd have a couple games that mattered. So, like, I really hope that there's a way, unlike the NFL, which has enough teams or doesn't matter that it's franchised. In this case, that there's a there's a way for teams to have the financial incentive to compete and have the opportunity to compete, even if they're not, you know, one of the franchises.
4: Yeah, kind, That's kind where of a the non. Come in, yeah, kind of a That's bit of a non-staketer.
0: Thing... Yep, but um. <laughs> for the for the NFL mm-hmm. is there a slight bias towards uh florida teams being on average better
1: what no absolutely no. what are you talking okay. about oh, the
0: reason why i bring Tampa? this up well no the reason that's why i bring this up Brady. is that's no, yeah, yeah, no. Brady. okay the reason why i bring this up is cuz people talk about it uh for for hockey uh like because of like the salary cap like even though the salary cap is still Fixed for every team by nature of being in texas or florida where you don't have to fucking pay taxes on your income you get more out of it right yeah so like an eight million dollar contract in one of those two states is better than us or like is better than like a 12 million dollar contract in say new york where like 45 percent of your income is taken by taxes Um, So I was just kind of curious if that played a role in the the NFL as well. I
2: don't think it does because I can see how that would create issues. Um, I think their taxes are based off of the hub of the NFL. I'm not really sure where that is. I I I would just default to like Canton, Ohio, because that's where the Hall of Fame is. But like, I think a lot of the players pay the same tax.
0: Right. Interesting. um, Because I I know in hockey it's often been theorized that Tampa has an advantage in that regard yeah. because the players there don't pay income tax. So it's like, yeah. well, we, we can pay this guy less because he's making more. Meaning they're people. Exactly. Yeah. Even though the salary cap is stagnant, it's like we can, because we don't need to pay everybody quite as much, we can take like a 20% cut off the top of what they would usually request. We can now get some better players, right?
1: Yeah. Well, well, Cass, let me inform you that regardless of whether or not, I, I don't know if it's like, like you were saying, where the tax is based on the NFL's headquarters or not. But what I will say is there are three Florida teams, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Tampa Bay Bucks, and the Miami Dolphins. And the Jacksonville Jaguars have been one of the worst teams in the league since they became a franchise like 20 years ago. Like they have been dog shit for the vast majority of their existence. The Dolphins have frequently had pe- had like – a couple game like stretch here and there when they've looked good and had a couple like runs into the playoffs and then died over the past 20 years. And then the bucks have been largely terrible until like laggy said, Tom Brady came to town. Mm. So the Florida teams in the NFL, if anything are worse (laughs) than the average team. Uh, so it's not affecting things, even if that is a thing.
3: And this has been barstool's latest podcast. Um, drunk (laughs) NFL and hockey. I love it. I
1: love it. I love talking about the other
3: direct directly competing yeah. with Spit and <laughs>
5: mm-hmm.
2: Um, back to Hunter's point, that's exactly where the stipends come in. A lot of these leagues that end up franchising, you got Overwatch, um, you got League of Legends, you got Call of Duty, right? The three that are coming off the top of my head. There are, I know, League of Legends teams have to pay ten plus million dollars to wow, uh, to uh get into the league. If you don't pay that, you're not in the league. You're not competing in the top scene. The way that riots, do, which is another riot, like riot runs. Right. League, yeah, league yeah, yeah. But this, with this, uh, with this system that they're going to be doing, they're actually going to be giving the teams money. So now these teams do have the incentive to create the top, the best team they can to, to bring in staff from all over to uh, create a better atmosphere for the players to, to bring in, mental coaches to bring in physical coaches um so these players can be at the top of the game so i think that will actually help um the franchise system a lot is the fact that these teams are actually going to be given money instead of having to pay money in i mean in a
3: way i think that that could help if you know tier two teams are selected and that don't already yeah. have the money it gives them a but reason to keep competing when there's only going to be six ish teams right they're most likely yeah. going to be tier one big orgs that already have that fucking money. Yep. They can already hire all the like, you know, physical therapists and what whatever else for, for their players and, and give them all of that. They don't need the stipend.
4: Well, right. Yeah. So this I mean... only really helps
3: when, I mean, yes, maybe it convinces the, the org to go in on Valorant and invest more money into it um, themselves. But like, I I think it the stipend only really would help if there are these tier two teams or less funded orgs that are actually getting spots in it, which doesn't seem like it's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, but even then, like, uh, there there were talks when, uh, like the first hundred or like the first reiteration of hundred thieves in which they picked up um, Bang and JC Stanny. Right? People were saying like, oh, but like, Xander and Cryo cells were available. Why didn't you grab them?
1: Uh, let me Nade- correct you. It's, it was, they, they picked up, uh, Eccles and baby J initially when yeah. Xander and cryo. J- oh, oh, okay.
0: God. Thank you. Um, okay. At any rate. Yeah. shot was just like, yeah, the orgs requested a stupid buyout price, right? Like we, we couldn't, like we couldn't afford that. Um, yeah. and a lot of that came down to the fact that like, Oh, it's hundred thieves. They've got big pockets or deep pockets. I mean, um, like, we can we can ask them for for a lot of money and see if they'll fork it up. But, like, with, like, assuming there is a stipend and each team is given the same stipend, right? Like, I, I think that does kind of set a precedence isn't really the right word, but it's That's kind of standard I can come up with. Yeah, like, it creates, like, a standard for, like, you know, how much is a given player worth, right? Yeah. Like, what's the, like, how much is Yay worth? To your team, right? sure, If, if
4: they,
3: if it was a card, salary cap, maybe.
0: No, no. But even outside of the salary cap, right? It's like this is how much money Riot is giving you to work with, right? And then obviously, as an org, assuming there is no salary cap, that you can then decide to spend your own money to get these players, right? But it, it still creates. I feel like it creates a kind of like a, a baseline. Yeah, but all of that aside. I think there's a huge problem with this being four to six teams, right? Because we're currently yeah, I
2: don't think it's enough. Yeah,
0: we're we're currently seeing in the Challengers two playoffs, there's a lot of really evenly matched teams. Dude, yeah, you can And there are twelve of them in here. And I think you could yeah. I think you can make the argument that if two, two more teams made the cut that they would also be competitive. Yeah. Right? There's like, plenty of
3: teams that are re- trying to rework and, and in that scene that didn't qualify for these group stages that absolutely could be in here, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm like as I brought up, like e.g., if there was franchising, wouldn't be around right now. Right? Like the the I I feel like one of the large problems that's going to come up is like yeah, you got like maybe there's some kind of tier two scene that like technically exists, but it's like, you you got an up and coming talent and that just gets picked up by one of the major orgs. Right. And so while, while yes, that does create a scenario, in which potentially these, these top orgs that have the franchising spots are going to be able to field stronger rosters. Uh, I I feel like that doesn't really account for the fact that like this is a team game, like you need chemistry, like you you need people to be able to work well off each other, um, and also there's just a fuck ton of talent that's out there, yeah, right? Like, and even when when Chase Hunter and I, uh, when when we went in and we built we drafted our teams, right? Like literally last week when we did this, um there were a ton of people, like, in the Discord just being like, oh, like, how did so-and-so not get picked up? Right? It, yeah. It's like, that, that would be what Valorant will be like, will be doing if there's only four to six teams available. You're like, right? oh, how did
3: this team not make the cut? Like, they definitely are better it, than this it's other team. Or at least how did this team
0: not make the cut. It's how is so-and-so not, not on, on a franchise team? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, how like, um, who, well, Who's the team that's probably not going to make it, right? Uh, but, but let's phase. sure. Let's look at Faze, right now. Eh, actually, I don't love that. Example. How how is
3: Baby um, Bay not on a team?
0: Yeah, right. But like, I, I was going to say I don't love that example because Baby Bay probably would get picked up because um, he's kind of like the face of Faze. But like, if we look at EG, right? Like, how is um, how is boostio or Jagamo not on one of these tier one teams, yeah. right? Like these guys have been absolutely tearing it up lately, and have been popping off, right? Yeah. It, it, it's you're 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 creating a scenario in which there's there's a very limited number of spots, and teams that are currently doing well, right? Like take Optic for example; they're currently doing very well. If they stay doing pretty well, and they get their franchising spot, they've got little incentive to change up the roster. Yeah. Like you're, you're doing well. So, so what about all these other players? Right? See, and...
3: I have, a, I have a little parallel to draw because you guys got to talk about football and hockey for a little bit. Um, oh, I'm, I'm going to bring in, in Formula right. One to yes. this because I'm seeing a cool, cool. huge parallel in Formula One um, because in F1, there's only 10 teams, right? And that means there are 20 driver slots available. Um, in the the highest motorsport in the world, like most competitive, highest level, um, yep. so there are a ton of up and coming drivers that are in the lower formulas in in Formula Two, Formula Three. Um, I'm gonna keep it real, Chase. I didn't know there were
1: like Formula Two and Three. Yeah, <laughs> that's the news to me. <laughs> yeah, no, and
3: they. What I'm saying is that there's a system in place which allows them to exist still, right? Um. Yes, they have a problem where, you know, there are currently drivers that are outside of F1 that everyone's like, how the fuck is this person not in F1? Because there's only 20 seats and, you know, the best teams aren't going to drop their drivers if they're doing well. And, and the worst teams, you know, sometimes they're, it's not the drivers themselves that's wrong. It's it's the car or whatever, right? There's no...
2: Or the entire team.
3: Yeah, you like there's the no point. incentive yeah. to, to drop their drivers and, and pick up somebody new. Um, so it almost happened in this last year where we almost got a full, um, like a full roster of no rookies. Um, but this year we have one out of the 21 person is new. Um, and there are people that are coming up, like, you know, winning the formula two championship that probably should get a formula one seat, but there's no space for them. Uh, but they're still allowed to exist because formula two and formula three are such an established thing. And that's done by like the whole like FIA motorsports organization, um, which allows them to have other teams and a place to be held until they can finally, hopefully, move up to another like up to a seat in the in a Formula One team. Formula
1: One, yeah, um, yeah. So we'll Riot do the same thing, I guess.
3: Yeah. So it it would be good if Riot or if if Valorant could do the a similar thing where there is a a competitive scene still happening that people care about. That's just at a tier below the top tier. And so then it, it allows like kind of a holding grounds for the people who should maybe make it in and will hopefully make it in once uh you know, roster changes move or a relegation system is added and teams can go in and out. Um, that seems to make like the most sense, but it doesn't seem like there's anything in place for that right now.
0: See, I, I think the way is like now, God, I, I hate, I really hate to do this, but like I'm gonna have to tip my hat to soccer slash football here um oh, football, and God, I hate to do this because I think it's a dumb sport, but yeah you're you're hmm.
3: pissing off what about like eighty percent of the world right now
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's okay. <laughs> hey, I'm right I, with you there guys I, okay. I, got, I got no problem pissing off anybody
3: outside right? of America you're pissing off
0: Yeah. yeah. okay, um, at any rate, yeah i'm like, literally, if any of my friends that I grew up with were listening to this podcast right now, they'd be fucking furious with me. But, at any rate, something that they do really fucking well is they've got Champions League. And they've got a bunch of leagues in which, like, the top teams... And now, for the record, I might be butchering this because I don't actually follow soccer. This is just my understanding of how it works. And... I like my understanding of how it works, so we're going to go with that.
4: Okay. Perfect. But, cool.
0: um, the top teams from all these separate leagues, right? You've got like your Premier League, and that's actually the only one I know name wise. It's the UK. Um, <laughs> so you've got all these, like, you've got like a Europe League, and then like you've got like. A... You're prepared
1: to make a list, and then you only have one you know, thing on the list.
0: <laughs> At any rate, the top teams from all these leagues make it into Champions League, right? It's like if you're in the first or the second position you get into Champions League. And Champions League is kind of like the big dog. Um, But if you're in Champions League and you're the bottom two teams, or the bottom, call it, four teams, I don't actually know, you don't make it in next year. Other teams take your spot. Oh, and cool. I think that if they set up a, a viable Tier 2 Valorant scene, in which there are teams that are that can compete in tier two, and if they do well in tier two and they become the best team or like the top two team in tier two, they take over a slot from the bottom two teams that are in tier one
3: that would make a lot of sense
0: right? to make it in right and I, I think that creates a yeah. lot of incentive for you to keep your roster, especially because there's this uh this stipend coming from riot yeah. right it's like if you're a middling org, it's like, hey, if we invest in the right people at the right time for what would be a fairly low cost right because they're not you're not buying out yay you're not buying out tens like you're not you you're not purchasing really big players, but if you invest in talent at the right time right it it's fairly inexpensive. And if you put together a really solid team that can make waves, you can get into that tier one scene. You can then get that stipend and then you can start bolstering your roster. Right. Yeah. But the problem with that is because there's like this whole like, oh, we're, we're going to allow for like, you know, teams to franchise and then they're going to become the main teams. It's like, Say say Sentinels or, or Hundred Thieves, right? Like they're they're in as kind of like America's Sweetheart teams. So like yep. they've got kind of the larger followings. Um they got the right? cloud. Like they're, Yeah, they're they're in franchising and they perform like shit. And so then they get moved they get relegated down and you've got these other unknown teams taking their spot. Um you know, who are two unknown teams I can think of? Like Moon Raccoons and Girl Kissers.
3: Okay, right. not even orgs, yeah. but yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Well, Girl Kessler's top tier org. <laughs> Them like in, yeah,
3: in the exactly.
1: nearest the airport.
0: In fact, the fact that they beat yes. C9
1: White is just hilarious.
0: Yeah. Okay, but in any
2: case. that right? they come out on top. It'd be so cool to see an all girls team just dominate. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. It would be really cool. Um, I agree. But no, no, like, to continue my point here, right? Is like, it wouldn't look good from Riot's perspective, right? Yeah, it's like oh, we had these two like really high tiered orgs, and then all of a sudden they're just not in the picture because they played bad.
3: I feel Um, like it would be fine because then that actually draws viewership to the lower league, and you have people rooting for them to get back into like the top tier. Yeah,
0: maybe, but all like the orgs wouldn't be stoked about it, right? Like, like hundred thieves and sentinels would not be stoked if their team got moved down.
3: No fucking do better.
0: Well, I I was part of it. I agree with that sentiment, but part of the whole thing with franchising is you, like, the one advantage that I can really see that franchising has is that it gives you long-term certainty, right? And it means, hey, maybe we're not going to be the best right now, but if I, if we can cultivate this talent and we can get these younger players who... Have shown a lot of promise and we can get them to work into the system that we've created. Maybe not this year, but maybe next year we can be a really good team.
2: And maybe right? that's yeah. what they do. Maybe it's a multiple year buffer before yeah. a team gets like all right, you guys haven't been like T one, for example. These guys were one of the most cheered for teams at the very start of Valorant. Like they had Curry, they had uh I don't even remember. Whatever. It doesn't matter. But, like, they're terrible. And, like, so. I mean, they're betting team, heavy
3: on getting into franchising, eh?
2: I know. Yeah. They want to be. They're going for North America. And the only, the only reason they would get into a North American spot is just how big of an org T1 is. They have leagues. In, they have teams in um, League of Legends, Overwatch, CSGO. Like, they're a huge org. And so it would make sense. But it's like who is going to be on that team then
1: well we know well, i i kind of. don't know this is confirmed what i yeah. what i heard is that t1 for valorant actually wants to build around steel and a bunch of korean players and compete in korea no yeah, they,
4: they, they they said, said they want a they, no, that, no, they said that's they that's wanted an na spot thinks.
0: yeah they said they so, wanted an na yeah
2: oh. everyone else thinks that they should Go for a Korean spot because they're bringing in Zeta, they just brought one of the Korean coaches from c nine over with Zeta. they just signed another Korean player that has played for a North American team, so it makes so much sense for them to just just take a spot in the Korean League like just take a yeah. spot over there. It's almost guaranteed at that point, but it's like they're still gonna try for a North American spot and it's like I just feel like they're gonna waste their time
0: well, but they've got a they've got a bunch <clears throat> of things working for them, right like they own nerd street games yep. Which is, from Riot's perspective, is massive. Right?
4: Yeah, like, like, that's that's kind of tough. It on,
0: like, yeah, it, it's like, from Riot's POV, you know, Nerd Street Games sets up a lot of tournaments and just makes things run. Yeah, if you say right?
3: fuck you to the owners of NSG, they're going to be like, well then fuck you, we've built yeah. your game into what it is.
0: Yeah, yeah, like, it, it's like, it, it's a tough position, and like, I, I don't, like, and and that's part of the other thing, right, is people are talking about how um, in Overwatch, because all the teams bought in to the Overwatch League, and they spent money to get a franchising spot, now they've got, like, they've got purchasing power. Yep. Right? They can kind of go to Blizzard and be like, hey, we this, is how, you money. Going- exactly, this yeah. is how things are going. Exactly, this is how things are going to be. Um, and so I think Riot is taking a step in the right direction by not needing teams to buy in. Yeah. Right. It's like no, no, no we're we're still keeping, we're still keeping the power in this, or we're wearing the pants in this relationship.
4: And I feel, right? like, yeah, exactly. But,
0: but again, with when it comes to uh, to T1 specifically, you know, it, it it's like there's. There's more outside of just the team that's like at stake right here.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I mean maybe they do get a spot, and now you're looking at TSM not getting a spot, or you're looking at C9 not getting a spot because also, T1 being so big and having
4: mm-hmm.
2: nerd streak under their belt, it's like, what's going to happen to these other teams?
0: Yeah. So one of the things that we haven't talked about yet, though, which Flaky, I I do believe you brought up with your original point is. If it's all of NA, right? Like, how the fuck is that? Or, no, if it's all of just the Americas, how the fuck is that going to work with. It's all going to be, it has to be all on land. And yeah, the like, the
3: thing that you read was it's land, land yeah. style with an but like, audience. But that yeah, yeah. means, does it happen like twice a year?
0: I yeah. know, right? Like, Th- this teams... Challengers series that's going on right now is the fucking greatest thing to happen of our Yeah. Right? Weekly games. Yeah. Now, I six wish, games I a week. Wasn't, yeah, I wish it wasn't just Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, like, I, yeah. I wish it'd be, like, the same thing as more other, like, sports in which, like. I think they do that know, just like,
2: because of viewership reasons. Yeah, or, or I, I do too. But, like,
0: but, yeah. I think it'd be nice if, like, you know, like, on Tuesday night, NRG played TSM. And then on Thursday night, you've got Sentinels versus FaZe.
2: Yeah, just a um, one game thing. Right. One series. It, like, about,
0: yeah. That I would really, cool. really enjoy. But I understand why they're limiting it to Friday, Saturday, Sunday for viewership purposes. I get it. It's so early in the day,
3: too. Come on, play it later.
0: But like early for you, it doesn't start till three
2: my time. I'm done with my day. Like it starts at (laughs) fucking
3: one p.m. for me. I'm like, this is the middle of my day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But like, still, it's. I think it's phenomenal how you get you get games every week. You get games that matter every week. Because, uh, like, I guess way back in the day—I'm talking back when I was in like middle school—like I used to pay attention to uh, the Call of Duty pro scene. So when Black Ops Two it was like the main game, right? Yep. And it'd be like at most once a month. There's like a LAN going still on like that. School, yeah. Right. It—it's it, just like once a month for like just a weekend. It's like yo, just games on games and it's cool for for that setting but like that's what lands should be and i think it's great that currently they've set up this league system in which y- you get consistent games that that actually matter there yeah. there're stakes on the line um, and it's
3: online so it doesn't need to be like a whole thing where people need to travel and stuff although it would be yeah. dope if you know the, it got to a point where you could have like an arena of people watching a land game for each of these events but uh, like esports in general isn't exactly at that point for weekly arena games
5: <laughs>
3: um but yeah it, it would be it would be sick to have a similar system to what we have now but one there's not enough teams in this like proposed franchise system yeah, to have that. So small. And then two, like you just can't have that if you're including Brazil and Latam because Brazil is a yeah. huge scene with multiple really good teams, right? Latam has some really good teams, right? You can't not give them spots like, and you, you're not going to be playing online with them. Like that's just impossible. It has to be yeah, lands. Yeah. So It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, why would you combine these regions? You can't make the best product.
2: Yeah. And it's still very early to kind of, like, like we said at the beginning of this, this is all speculation. So maybe they will have a way to kind of do this. I I just kind of thought of this just now, but like this eight to 10 teams thing, maybe they still kind of do this whole structure. I don't know how it would work with like the stipends and stuff and like all the franchising, but like maybe every single new, competitive season like right uh right now we're in challengers 2 or whatever season season 2 of VCT maybe you will have all these NA teams competing for those six spots every season but then it's like what do you do with all the stipends and like is it just going to be a season by season thing cuz that doesn't feel like franchising to me that doesn't feel like you're solidifying a scene for it, I doubt it's talent. not.
3: I don't think it is. Yeah. that. because that doesn't offer anything to just, the orgs. Like,
2: that would make sense. Yeah. Like you'd have all these teams competing still on like a weekly basis, but it's like that wouldn't be franchising. That would just be a different, like a rebranding of what's currently happening. And
3: a prize pool. That's just a prize pool. Yeah. for the site. Yeah. Right. Like so, Not yeah. a not a franchise league. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Now and like I hope it's more like sixteen teams minimum or something.
1: That's yeah, still like, small, but like. Well, 10 yeah. Teams. Yeah, I was also wondering if maybe their plan is like started out with four to six teams, and then you know as Rally. they see, yeah, and then grow it over time. So yeah. like the idea is that you're, they're going to pick teams that have the money and the drive. And one thing I've seen a lot on, well, I've been seeing a lot online is they want teams with like organizational stability, like financially, and then being competitive yeah. in other esports. So like you know pick teams that they know are going to care. And then look to add after like beyond that because if they do that, I feel like maybe some of the concerns we've shared today would be overblown.
0: I, but I, uh, think the, we'll have to see. I think the problem is every franchise league in any esports that we've seen so far has killed the tier two scene. Uh,
1: yeah, are well, are gonna... we talking about just Overwatch League? Like, what else are we talking here?
0: League of Legends. Is league of, of Legends
1: it has a dead tier two scene now.
0: It's not i think like how much Cass, how
1: much do you game. honestly know about the league of legends yeah like absolutely
2: see. nothing i've not, have are you are ever watched a called? league Literally, of legends okay. game
0: uh yes yeah i've tried um <laughs> for those of you who actually play league of legends and are listening to this um if you could just shoot me a very short dm explaining to me how the fuck the game works because i just don't get no, no, it. no no it's that not
3: gonna be I, short that's um, not possible. Yeah, yeah. You know, I tried yeah, to
1: play Dota like, one night, and oh my dude, god! I, that I, was I tried. That was I, I genuinely
0: tried to play League of Legends at one point. I was like, "Oh, yeah. this game's super popular. Like, it must be a good game. Let me try to get into it." I downloaded it. I watched a bunch of tutorials on how to play. um
1: Like now, you buy these know. five items from the shop and yeah, equip them like, to these. Like even, even, like,
0: yeah, even all that aside, <laughs> yeah. even though I could like my knowledge is at the point where i could technically queue into a game and i could technically play the game
4: ah i see when i'm
0: listening to pro like like pro teams play each other and there's casters and things are going down i'm fucking lost like someone's like oh like this is happening and i'm just like Ugh. okay cool i have no idea what's going on
1: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> like what a wild Gank out of the jungle by XX Pussy Slayer XX, and I'm just like, "Mm." yeah, sure. Yeah, like (laughs) there's
3: like fucking jungling, and there's three lanes, and there's uh, bases. I know that. I know that
0: stuff. That I know. (laughs) Like, I know enough about the game to know that shit. But like again, as far as I'm aware, the tier two scene in League of Legends just isn't really up to snuff. Um. And again, if you play League of Legends and you got a bunch more information, feel free to correct me on that. I, I yeah, love discuss scathing. this in
1: the Discord with us. Yeah. Like, I,
0: I love receiving scathing DMs about stuff. It's phenomenal. Um, I, I have a great time reading through them. But, when
1: have you, Cass, when have you received scathing DMs? Ever. About things? We're not big enough to receive DMs about anything.
3: What are you,
0: what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, we can talk about a couple off-pots.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh, oh! oh. Uh, subscribe to our Patreon, for, yeah, <laughs> for cats DMs for the
3: bonus episode where we talk about <laughs> cats and DMs.
1: <laughs> yes, dude, I actually I've, I've joked about the Patreon so much I kind of want to make one and see if any of you like actually subscribe. Well, that to me. means that you, we have pump to out some juicy content.
3: That means we actually have to make extra content. Dude, I I, mean, I I feel like we could the
0: number of nights that Hunter and I are just drunk as shit, just in chat, just shooting just shooting the shit around, like yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's potential for extra content. We we've Very said some juicy thing stuff. You guys could do you what. Is record yeah.
2: this, record the face to face podcast, and that can be available. Oh the oh yeah. only that would be a very easy way to do it. People that want to watch the podcast, people that want to see the expressions, see the interaction yeah. between you guys and whenever you guys have a guest on, see how how well it goes and how well people mesh and um be able to ha- put a face put a face to your guys voices. That would yep. be a huge thing for Patreon. Yeah,
1: the room. question is, would yeah. Jace be down for it if he was getting getting paid money directly to do it?
3: Well, I mean, pay me money and I'll do just about anything.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. like, uh, I'm very liberal when it comes to what I do when it's for money. Yeah, um, <laughs> But uh, I, I'd yeah. have to call myself up a bit more, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'd have know. to make I feel my like, bed. No, <laughs> to, well, yeah. Also, if like, like yeah.
1: people are willing to pay us money to see our ugly faces, then yeah. they're not really going to care that much. Like, <laughs> it's like a real thing, right? You no, know, you know, like,
0: like you happen to walk out and that I I happen to be at the golf course earlier today but i'm like i'm usually out here in like a fucking robe or just like a poncho (laughs) that that would be something perfect like
2: if 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 i'm paying money on patreon to see you guys i get to see the behind the scenes shit and like you can have different tiers of it too like like maybe um
3: i I don't know how patreon works
2: yeah we've got a new calendar for the highest tier
4: yeah. yeah. Hey,
1: I'll, I'll I'll say it straight up right now. If you pay us nine uh, k a month or more, you can be a host on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like straight up.
0: You end up having nine like pay? seven dude, people on the it, podcast. Dude. You drop like. Oh, yeah, wait, what do we run one um, one podcast? Five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Five dollars. I was gonna say if there's a triple digit donation, yeah, yeah, fucking free reign. I'll talk about whatever the fuck you want me to talk about. Yeah. Oh sorry. yeah, yeah.
3: Castle suck your toes for a oh, hundred bucks. For
0: a hundred bucks, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. Mm, that'd be pushing it, but like if it was five hundred dollars.
1: If, if you yeah. pay for the airfare to fly out to Cass and like present your toes to him, <laughs> and then give him a hundred dollar bill, okay, do it.
2: I think we're going uh, too far here. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah we're getting distracted. <laughs> okay, so what what was it? I'm trying to remember what made me think about Patreon. It was, oh yeah, Cass's DMs. That's yeah. what it was,
0: right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was also like a kind of a side side topic to begin with. Here. Yeah, does anyone remember well, what the actual ask, topic was? I think this
1: would be interesting for we're just talk about franchising in general. Yeah. Right, right. But Cass, I gotta ask: Have you f- received DMs related to drunk Valorant, like that have been scathing, or have your DMs been something else entirely?
0: No, they were related to drunk Valorant. Like really? Said, we, can, we can we can talk about this later. Keep sending like, him
1: DMs,
3: but I mean, I've received fucking, dog shit. So we're not nothing else nothing else here okay
0: yeah. okay okay um no what, so join uh, our
1: discord if you also want to uh <laughs> send cascading, um, send cascading dms yeah
0: like do, do you have any any closing comments any dying desires to speak about on um on the on this franchising here or shall we so I, I actually
2: moves. did have one point. Um, it wasn't Lay it like, on me. Lay it's not it on like me. Super stick. crazy, but um, I mentioned how so many players are going to be available. With players being available, coaches are also going to be available. So you're going to have um, so many more opportunities in terms of staff. In terms of teams getting a different outlook on the game, um, Rockus will not have to be a coach anymore. Raucus will be a permanent player. We'll be able to compete again. Sentinels will be able Ooh. to hire a coach, an actual coach. Um, when they do make their significant changes, and by significant, I mean build the team around tens, make it the actual tens and friends. I'm they're pretty much that right now, but make it tens, yay, and Oh my god! Imagine tens yay, Tarek, <laughs> <like>, um, yeah, <laughs> like all the, no, all no, the no. cracked dude, out jets. Dude, let's
0: have let's have the yeah, dude. Let's have the disgusting jet team, and yeah. then we just play replication as a pro game. <laughs>
2: yeah, um, something we did, something we did, kind of talk about earlier today. Um, I I jotted it down. We were talking about we were kind of joking about how Hunter didn't get any votes on his team. Um, I made a team with the remaining players. That I think is oh.
4: all you're yeah, gonna no, Let's he, go. He Let's go. Yeah, no, Continue. Laggy
0: did mention this to me earlier. Um yeah. by all means you should absolutely uh like lay it down what your team yeah. is.
4: Okay. We'll yeah. throw
0: it we'll throw it up in the polls and it'll be we'll 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 have this be a um like a one or zero kind of thing, like binary. Yeah, yeah. Would Laggy's team yes, beat our man. teams?
2: Yes. And yep. like We're now unfortunately
0: Laggy's at a bit of a disadvantage because it has I to be to all after. three of our teams, yep. and also yes, he doesn't have access to the 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 teams that he picked, but he's confident, so we'll we'll see how he does.
2: I am all right. So starting, off, with we're going to yeah. start off with the IGL. I chose Stellar. This is an up and coming guy. He's a young guy. Um, obviously, we've seen the success of hundred thieves uh, go up drastically, and he's a big part of that. Um. Secondly. I chose Bang, another very young kid, um, very similar to Asuna. He's a flex player. Now he's kind of gearing more towards smokes, so maybe he'd be my smokes guy. But, like, primarily flex, um, secondary smokes. Because with Stellar, he's going to have to play smokes or sentinel, being an IGL, because that's kind of how Valorant goes. Um, and I actually did take a sentinel, so this would kind of create flexibility for the team. And that'd be Crashies. You guys mentioned him during your last pod. Um, 110% Crashies needs to be on a team to compete with these guys. Um, He's one of the better Sentinels in the game right now.
4: Then I chose Zeppa.
2: There's a little bit of bias there. That's my guy. I've known him for like three, four years now. Um, Obviously, bias aside, he is another outstanding flex player. His raise is insane. He recently picked up Fade um, in a couple games for a couple maps for C9. And then another guy from C9 is Leaf. This guy is like, he <laughs> just turned 17, 18 years old. He's right up there, borderline with yay and tens. Like, this guy's insane on jet, on chamber. Mm-hmm. Um, And my team is the only team with duos from two separate teams. We got Leaf and Zeppa. Yeah, so we got Stellar and Bang. So, and all mm. these guys are very young. None of these guys, all these guys are going to be able to be in the scene for a long time.
0: So I think I, I think I got something special here.
1: I'm not going to lie. That's kind I, of I will say, I, I'm
0: I'm still slightly disappointed that like, we've now drafted four teams and B-Dog is still not amongst them. I know. Them. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's such a shame. And There's like, just so many Jets. There's so well, many Jets. Yeah, and like, here's the problem, right? My first two picks were yay 10s yeah i don't also pick up world. b-dog right yeah. like okay it, it, maybe north america and
3: cryo's still not on a team like, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, no, but like Cryo? yeah but like dude b-dog is fucking disgusting yeah and i i admitted when i picked my team that yeah i kind of went for a bit of a punt with uh with Sam because i like Sam i think he's like you know i, I think he's a cool dude like i just i'm a fan i like him And so I went with him, and then I went with EU because I watch a bunch of NRG games because I like SOM, and EU's kind of nasty, and I like the one-two punch that he has with SOM. And so that's why Mm. I went with those two on my team, right? And, like, I'll I'll admit that, like, yeah, is it ideal? Maybe not, but I like it. Therefore, I'm going (laughs) with it. Um, I do think that following optimal strategy, I should have picked up Crashies.
5: Yeah, Crashies Uh, is a
0: good pick. Yeah, Crashies is a great pick. Like, yeah, I, I fully insane. agree with that, right? But, like, it, it, yeah, dude, like, the, and I do think it's interesting how we look at the, um, the, the jet chamber as, like, kind of like a, it's a Venn diagram in which the majority of the circles overlap each other. Yeah. Because um, I don't, like, yeah, I think you literally brought this up in the Discord, like, Chamber has literally zero entry potential.
4: Yeah, just a little bit Jet,
0: right? Like, yeah, like Chamber is arguably the worst agent on attack. Yeah, like when when it comes to the attacking side, he is maybe arguably the worst. I think he agent might be on
1: projecting game. a little bit here, Cass. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, um,
3: well, <laughs> I would Ruby... kind of disagree with that. I would, I would disagree Ruby as well. Was
2: saying, yeah. um. He was wondering if a comp centered around chamber playing entry would be viable. He was thinking along the lines of you have a main chamber you have, he said cypher, but I think that's just kind of Sentinel in general, like another Sentinel, which I kind of agree with. If you're going to run a chamber, it is not a bad idea whatsoever to have a second Sentinel on your team because chamber has one trip. He's a Sentinel with only one Sentinel ability. Um, He then puts sky as an initiator. Fade, which is another initiator, and then a controller of choice, and I think this could work, but yeah, you can't. Chamber just can't entry. He doesn't, like Castro said, he doesn't have anything to to use as an entry. Yes, he can, he can swing, get a pick and TP, but you're not getting an entry there. You're just getting a first kill, and that's off of a dry swing, dry peak, unless you have one of your teammates use one of their utilities for your benefit to assist you in that peak. So, yeah, it's But like, that's
0: kind of the whole point of initiators, right? Yes, yeah. exactly.
2: So it's like, I mean, maybe you can make it work, but Chamber is yeah. 100% way more viable for defense. And there should definitely be a different agent on your team that's going to be prioritizing that entry. And maybe Chamber just backs them up. Maybe he's your secondary entry. So, mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I, I think there's a lot of like... If you have somebody who is used to playing entry and plays a KO. yeah like specifically with that right click flash, KO has a lot of entry potential yeah. right like in in a kind Until of similar way to to Phoenix back when Phoenix was meta, right it's like you got your molly to to not like gain space but just like stop somebody from being somewhere. You've got your you've got your right click flash is a really good flash to just gain you access to sight lines. Um and then you your can right click flashes up, uh, Phoenix? What are you talking you about? Oh, no, I'm talking about KO. talking about KO. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I, th- I thought
1: you said Phoenix. Okay. Was, yeah. said no, no, Phoenix. I was
0: saying in a similar way to yeah. how Phoenix used to be played.
1: Oh, back
0: when he was oh meta, okay. Right? I you it's know when you can like
1: curve like... it left or right? The
3: left is just way
0: better for, <laughs>
3: you <Yeah. laughs> know. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I was like,
0: oh, you got you to gotta peek on the right side. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm literally just saying that, like, like there, there is potential for, like, a KO entry. And it's very CS styled. Yeah. Right? You've it's got very your, awesome you've got, styled. <laughs> you've got your pop flashes, you've got your knife to suppress the other team so they can't throw shit at you. Yeah. Which makes it more CS styled. <laughs> and you just fucking One-on-one take
2: the... gunfights. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um like there's yeah. some potential there, right? But like you're 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 putting a lot of pressure on on an agent who is who gains a lot of value just later on too, right? Yeah. Like the, the 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 strength of having a duelist is your duelist as the entry typically has more selfish utility and if they go in and die but get you space, that's a worthwhile trade. If, yeah. if they go in and get a killer two, get you space and then die, that's even better. Right? Like it the whole or like the majority of the duelists in the game are are on the the um like the more selfish side as far as the utility is concerned. I
2: love the way you're putting that too. Like their abilities are definitely for them and them only. You're not really thinking about duelist abilities being used for the team. It just happens to work that way. Like mm-hmm. Ray's nade it's going to clear an angle for then Raze to kind of push in satchel and create that space for the rest of your team to come support. Now you're all in sight. And it was all because raze got into sight, created the pressure using that nade for herself to then go into that spot for the rest of the team to follow. So I love the way you're putting it as like the abilities for the duelist are very selfish, but in a very good way for the team.
4: Yeah.
0: But if you if you sacrifice your KO as that entry, right? Like that's a potential second knife, or maybe yeah. even third knife. I don't know how long the timer is, right? I've like,
2: three in a round before.
0: Okay, exactly. Like that's a potential second or third knife that you're you're giving up on, right? Yeah. Um. Because if he's going to be your entry, there's a very good chance that he dies on entry. Right? And, like, that's kind of the same thing for everyone who entries. And, like, I, I know I've brought this up on podcasts before, but, like, I had a game that I personally was feeling kind of down on as I was playing Jet and just, like, you know, I was smoking and dashing in, and I personally wasn't doing too hot that game. But the rest of my team was stoked on it because I was gaining them access to site. And they're okay. like, hey, like, you're, like, dude, like, don't worry about your KDA. Like, you're, like, you're doing what we need you to do. Right? And, like, again, it didn't feel great as the person who's playing the jet going, like, 8 and 16. But we're also winning all our attack rounds.
3: I um, mean, you could say that on any character, though. That's the thing, right? Is, yeah. like, if there's the one person on your team who's not doing super hot, but their utility is, they're playing well, then you're always going to be like, oh, like, don't worry about it. Your utility's doing well. But that's only because the rest of your team is picking up the fucking slack, yeah. right? Like, I had a game earlier today where I was, like... I had one kill after the first like six or seven rounds. I was like, Oh, I am not feeling hot. And ev- the, the team was like, Oh, don't worry. Like your smokes are, are really helping us. Right. Like you're using your utility. Well, and I was like, well, sick, thanks. But that's only cause you guys are popping off. You know, if nobody else was like, if they weren't popping off, then me having one kill r- matters. Yeah. And it's the same thing with any right. character, right? If you're using your utility, well, like that's great. But only if the the rest of your team is capitalizing on it properly.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like I I I just think that yeah, again, like playing a no duelist comp, um yeah, you are putting a lot of pressure onto your initiators. Right. Yeah.
2: And there's a lot um, of teams that are doing that now. No duelist comp. Yeah. I mean, yeah, E G had it
3: now. in that game against Optic that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um yeah. no duelist comp on uh on ascent there. Uh on and map they won. three. And they won it. So
0: but I still can't believe they just. It did. It, it, it did require some yep. fucking hero plays, oh, and yeah. like from the IGL perspective, there were a couple hero calls, right? Like there were there weren't. Yeah. Like I, I saw a couple rounds that weren't hero plays, but it was just like the team set up from barrier drop, like the IGL clearly had a read.
4: Yeah,
0: uh, and I don't know who the IGL IGL is for EG, um, but like the, there were a couple rounds that I was watching there, and it was just like. Dudes living in rent free, in Optics head right now. Yeah, like he, he's got him dialed. Um, and like that, that's another thing, right? Like in ranked, you don't really have an IGL, right? And yeah. like you know, I'll like from time to time, like I'll try and call a play. You know, it's like hey, mm-hmm. like we should, like you know, let, let's smoke here, let's smoke mom. there, like let, let's let's run up mid. You know, let's get some space, maybe slow it down a bit. Hopefully we got a pick or two, and then we can we can work our way from there. But, like, you don't have somebody who's just, like, really dialed in on what the other team wants to do and making very specific calls. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe if you're in Radiant, right, and you're playing with a bunch of pros, playing with someone who is an IGL, who personally knows four of the five people on the other team.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: maybe that becomes relevant, yeah. but for 99.9% of us plebs, like that's just not not a thing, right? Hey, speak for
2: yourself. I'm a pro. <laughs> yeah. I'm a pro gold player. Yeah. Let's go.
3: <laughs> you know, in the, uh, in the gold one league, I'm doing pretty well.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the silver league. Yeah, I mean, Three you said you're, what, 90 out of 100? Yeah, I mean. You're, you're at the top of gold one.
3: Yeah, I, right. I would say <laughs> I if you're I in think- gold one, I'm better than you
0: one v one me haven't see long
3: i didn't say it was better did you one v
0: one
2: did you see that one v one is being
0: tested yeah i did so it's a okay did. so i i initially came out a little downtrodden
3: yeah, Cass Why? is literally—he's been proposing this for so long, yeah, and immediately yeah, yeah. his mind I, goes I, to this is, think... is not going to be implemented well.
0: Oh, I <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. We'll no, tell. no. All right, all right. What I'm saying is, I want like an aim dual map, yeah. and in lieu of an aim dual map, I want like okay, because like I, I like you know I, I bring up the the example of like Haven Sea long, right? Like aim dual spot, but from attacker's side. There is one place where you can peek from. <laughs> from Defender's side, you've got one, two, three, four. I can think of five different places off the top of my head.
3: I can think of f- f- five or six.
0: I mean, technically, exactly, it's right? still like, one
2: because it's C-long.
0: No, no, but like you, just... you ain't. Okay, but you peek down C-long, right? Yeah. And because of where the barriers are from Defender's side, they can't be on the right-hand side of that. Yeah. Like, defender side POV. They can't be on the right-hand side. You know exactly where they're swinging from. Now, as a defender, I can be holding low. I can be holding on top of Jen. I can be holding on top of that platform on the right side. Yep. Um, I can be holding up close, left or right. Um,
3: And left side, back side.
0: Yeah, and, and left side, back side. Like, there, there, there's so many different places that you could be holding from and peaking that, that angle that... It, it, Even though it's yes, it's an aim duel down the long corridor. Like that's just not fair, you know. It, It, it's like, like you know where the guy's swinging from. There's one place where he can swing from. Yeah, you can be in four or five different places and at least three different elevations.
3: Yeah, so that would be a terrible aim duel. Section, yeah. but like I, I think that ascent, ascent mid or mid, yes, um
2: ascent perfect,
3: or like Haven mid, um, like the, up to I B want... site w- would work pretty well. Like there, yeah. there are other sections of the maps that they could do for this. That even if they don't create a like aim dual map specifically, which they might do, but
0: I think they should. I very much think they should.
3: I think that there are valid options that have already been built where you just section off parts of a map that would work really well still. And I think it would actually be helpful in a way because you know you often find yourself in a 1v1 at the end of the round with no utility. And so this could actually help you in certain locations of like, oh, this these are the places that they're going to be peeking from. These are like how I should approach this because there's a specific mode that's going to help you train for it.
2: Yeah, I mean I think in CS they've got those community servers that so many people in Val want to come. I'm I'm included in that. They have uh site take servers, they have retake servers where you're just over and over again retaking one of the sites. And so like yeah, in those servers it just cuts off part of the map. It's like, okay, you guys are going to be the bomb is already planted. And you guys now have to retake this site. So I think if they do that in a sense, like what you're saying, Chase, for 1v1s, just cut off part of the map, force them to fight on a site. Perfect.
3: Yeah, I think the difference is what you want to get out of this system, right? Yeah. So in the way that we're talking about it right now, it's a really good training system.
2: Yeah. Right? Like you, scenarios. Right.
3: For a specific part of the game that you might want to improve on, it's a really good training scenario. However, if you want it to be a completely separate thing.
2: 1v1 me, bro.
3: Right? If you want it if you want it to be like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm really good in 1v1s. And like I just want to be able to be the best at 1v1s. You know, yeah. then having like separate aim duel maps is is fun and that's good, but that's a completely separate thing from the base competitive game of Valorant. Yeah. It's not well, training, it's that. just a you know, this is another game mode that it's has nothing to one do of those
2: with it. fun modes, like replication, escalation, like it's one of those this is a mode purely for fun to just kind of mess around in. Whereas at a site, it's a whole different reason for playing. You could have
3: a separate competitive queue though for it, right? Right, where yeah. this could actually be a competitive mode where you can get into That'd Radiant at, at an aim duel level and not a full game yeah. level. So like you could have it be a completely separate comp- competitive mode.
2: What's a right. game like that? Rocket League, right? Oh yeah, it's yeah. ones yeah, yeah, you can get yeah, different, different ranks. three v three, two v two, one v one, one v
0: ones. Yeah, um, that would be a
2: really good way to do that.
0: No, but I I think there's like because you were talking about like training, right? Yep. And and I think what the the one v one off like mode I think should offer is is more just community based, right? It's yeah. like, you know, Flaggy and I are talking shit one day. And like, yo, 1v1 me, Marshall's only. You don't want the smoke. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it would just be...
0: Exactly, like, right? Like, I, I think yeah. it's like a, a great community thing, yeah. more so than a training tool, right? And like, that that's what I personally want it to be.
4: Like, I could want be it could be
0: both. I mean, I guess it could be, but like, I want just... Like what I want from the one v one scenario is just like uh like a separate map that is just it, it's designed to give you a variety of different angles that you can the like you can peek from, but like there's only one general place you can peek from. Like if if you took defender side the long, right? And you mirrored it to attacker side.
4: Oh and yeah, then you just have yeah. that I aim duel.
0: Right, down where you have options of where you're going to peek from. Yeah. The barriers are in the same place for either person, right? Like, you, when you've got options of where you're going to peek from, and it's just a raw aim duel from there, I right. think would be fantastic as a, like a, just a, you know, a thing that you could do to mess around with your buddies, right? Like, shoot the shit. Just be like, dude, like, I got you beat. Come yeah. challenge me. Yeah. Um, and obviously that has no bearing on how good you are at the game of Valorant, because there's a lot of fucking other shit that goes on in a game. Yeah. Right? Like, just being the best aimer in the lobby does not make you god tier. Right? Um, and so it'd be separate, but uh, but I like that there there is something there that, like, is designed for this particular game mode. Whereas, uh... I see what you're saying as it being like a training method where it's like, Oh, one person has a site. The other person needs to retake a site. But I find that the problem with that is there's too many different places you can come from. And even in one V one scenarios, you can typically on a given site, eliminate one to two of those areas based on context clues and or teammate call-outs.
3: Exactly. That's exactly where this comes into play, Cass. Right? This is exactly where the system, we'll where you're isolating a single angle, not even a single angle, but a single part of the map where they can come from and you're practicing that, then that's where that comes into play. Because yes, sure, if you're holding like any site, right, there's three places they could come from to retake if it's a 1v1. Um, but you can pretty much like isolate one of those, if not just, or two, you know, but say you can isolate one of them. Your, your teammate just got killed long in this scenario. Um, you're like, okay, well this, that means that they're going to be peaking long. This is a training scenario where you can actually take long.
0: Okay. I, I guess in, in my head, perhaps you've got two different ideas of how this is going to work out. So let's just take C or like, let's just take a site Haven as an example here. Right. Okay. So the way that I'm currently seeing your take on this play out is one team has access to CT, or, like, one person has access to CT, one person has access to, uh, like, A lobby, right? Yeah. And then the round starts. And so, in theory, the person who's CT could be quite literally anywhere on A site just because of where the barriers are, and the person who's A lobby can either go up short or go up long. Uh, it, is that kind of how you're seeing this in your mind? No, They're I'm saying my... you
3: separate those entirely. It's just long,
0: like it's just A long. Yeah. So where are the spawn barriers in, in um, your mind for this be one thing?
3: I mean, this is not a great example of a of a site for this, well, but you
0: create a create a site that you think would be a good example.
3: Okay, we'll take B site on Haven. Um,
0: okay.
3: Right, and the basically uh, on defender side. You just have, you have b site, and you have the ability to be on top of the box, on top of Jen, right? Or you can peek from left or right of the door, right? On attacker so side...
0: Are, well, are, are agents, are agent utilities allowed in this, in your mind?
3: Yeah, maybe there's a fucking staircase they put in on the back.
0: Okay, sure, sure, sure.
3: You know, just because All there right. are agents that can get up there, sure, right? Sure, this sure. Is, this should okay. be a viable option. Um, And then you can peek from window... Or you can peek from low side on attack. Okay. So, like, this is the... uh, Like, that's the map. Like, it's just like that.
2: Yeah.
3: So, it it gives options for both both people. And it comes down to the scenario where... This could actually be a scenario in-game. Of, you know, somebody is mid. Or window. And you're like, well, they could have rotated around. And and now are going to peek me from grass. Or they could peek window again.
0: Are are you in your in your mind is there a, a timer on the round or anything?
3: Nope.
0: Okay. Because the 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 thing that I that I actually enjoyed and like um E and I actually did like Doobie and I did a um an aim duel match on CS. In which, like, the the design layout of the map I thought was really cool. Because it's, like, when you go play paintball, you know there's just, like, a bunch of cover? Yeah. Like, kind of sporadically across, and it's very even for each side. Yeah. That was kind of how that, that was built. Like, just the aim duel map that we played in in CS. And I thought that was really cool in that. There's a bunch of different places you could peek from, but there's only one side you can come from, which is my, like, one of the biggest things that I have the problem with in, like, Valorant DMs currently, is that there's way too much of just getting a fucking shot in the side or getting shot in the back, um, but in this scenario, in this 1v1, which I think would be fantastic as a warm-up, is there's one place you can be coming from, it's in front of me. Yeah, yeah. And but there's a ton of options in where you can come from. And, and I think it's really good for the, like the whole mechanical aspect of of the game in which is is just about taking aim duels. And I understand, like Chase, from your perspective, if you're going to incorporate literal map components into it, that it would be, you know, perhaps better training for those maps. But I I really like this 1v1 theoretically as, like, a warm-up mode.
3: I mean, either way, you can warm up even if it's not, like, it's still giving you valuable training even if you're not going to find yourself in that exact situation, right? If I'm not going to, in the next game that I play, take a, a 1v1 duel in mid-B right like it's technically not exact training for that but it's still giving me the same thing that you're wanting right it's that they can peek me from multiple angles it's giving me the the training on hitting that flick knowing the angles that they can peek from um knowing the timings all of that right so it's still giving you that same amount of of training but it also could be a scenario in game
2: yeah
3: so it's just a bonus yeah
2: uh, yeah, I think speaking... it just comes down to the the kind of, uh, the experience that you want from it. Exactly. Kind of, it just kind of circles the right back around to that. It's, it's cast wants this to be a mode to be 1v1 me rust right now. Like, yeah. like they, you guys you are going to spawn auto-print. on opposite sides of this, of this <laughs> very specific map, um, or setting just over and over again, just 1v1ing, whereas... Chase, you're going to cut off part of the map to be part of the site, and you're practicing. All right, it's a 1v1 scenario. Spike's planted. Spike might not be planted yet. And now you've got to kind of figure out, how am I going to win this round? Yeah, so, either that or it's an
3: opening duel. Yeah, exactly. Right?
2: So I think it just comes down to the experience you want from it, and I think Raya could easily make both of those work. So. Sure.
0: Uh, right. No, Buggy. I I think you do bring up a really good point there. Um. Yeah, like uh, the one v one rust example, I think is great. Just because I did used to play COD and that used to be yeah like, exactly. You know, that's a classic. Or one v
2: one me nuke town. Yeah, it
0: exactly. Was, like that's, that's over and a over classic, again. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um. And that is kind of in my head what what I wanted.
3: Yeah. Yeah, uh, Hunter, do you have anything to say on this? You've been. Kind of quiet on the whole 1v1
1: scenario. Yeah, I've been, I was thinking about it in my head and, um, I guess, you know, that's the place I would think about it. Right. And <laughs> personally for myself, I am very heavily on the utility usage side of things when it comes to Valorant, even though I play a duelist, it's a lot for me about, even if I'm not playing Yoru, like being aggressive, taking space well with my utility and then getting in people's faces, yeah. um, so for myself when it comes to aim, I was thinking that I'm not sure how much I would enjoy a 1v1 uh regardless of how it was implemented just because you know, taking long aim duels isn't what I enjoy about Valorant and then when it comes to training, the nice thing about deathmatch is it, it at least like throws you up against a wide variety of players and I kind of feel like you know, if I'm getting ready for a comp game and I 1v1 against a really good player that I might feel worse than I should about my like aiming ability. And then if I like face a player who's kind (laughs) of right, right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then if I place, if I face a player who's having a bad day and I'm just bodying them and then like, suppose it is Haven a long, and then I get into Haven and I'm like, okay, let me take the fight a long, but then it's a chamber playing there. Who's actually much better than aiming at me. And I'm like, I get headshot. I'm like, fuck. So like, I guess I'm kind of. I guess I was silent because I was thinking I probably won't play the one v one mode much, regardless of how it's implemented.
2: Yeah. 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 Which is okay. It's super. It's super cool of that Valorant has all these different modes for uh, what people find enjoyment out of. It's. Mm-hmm. It's different strokes for different folks. Yeah, so I mean, I probably sure.
3: I probably won't play a one v one either very often because just the normal competitive game is what I play Valorant for. Yeah. yeah. Like that's oh, what dude, I was I, saying. Would,
0: I, I I would do well, we it. decent amount of one V. We know you would. Whoa, what a you
5: surprise.
2: <laughs> you, who would have fucked you, you, it? You'd turn into yeah. an unranked player because you just spend all your time in 1v1s. You wouldn't <laughs> even no, have see, a Okay. No, 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 no.
0: Okay. All right, all right. All right. Now now I think you're 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 painting the picture a bit different than I think it
4: actually
0: is. <laughs> right? Like, dude, don't get me wrong, like and and Maggie, actually, th- this is fantastic that you're on for this episode because I'm going to bring something up in a second. But Oh boy. Yes. I I would say that like if we're if we're looking at my rank, right, as what it is. Yep. Right, like I I or my MMR I guess would be a more accurate representation, but if we look at what my MMR and or rank is for what it is, I I would say that I I would think my aim is a bit higher than that and then my my game sense would be a bit lower than that. Right? Okay. And then they work together to give me what my my rank is so obviously the whole idea of i yeah i play jet and chamber i like taking raw gunfights exactly that's that's perfect for you yeah that's what i enjoy yes a 1v1 system is right up my alley and i very much get that but no i don't play the game to take 1v1 duels which I true. play the game because that's I enjoy... have <laughs>
3: <laughs> Yeah. Says the guy who peaks Bond Barrier every
1: single round. Cast, yeah, because that's what I, that's I what seek what out one v one duels all the time I play. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But that's what relative to the field I am proportionally better at. But I don't play Valorant.
3: Obviously, yeah. We're just giving you shit.
0: To to do that, yeah, right? Like I play Valorant because I want to play the game. Yeah. Like, no, I I wouldn't be fucking burying my ass in just the 1v1 mode trying to be radiant rank number one in just 1v1s
3: yeah without any um, utility without any exactly. strategy like that's right. all what also, comes into like, the dude, game of Valorant. like
0: the, the reason why i loved playing jet is because i find her utility so fun yeah right like nice. i love the i love the just the ability to, to to move and immediately just be like oh i don't want to deal with this angle smoke Or like, oh, I want to be over here and I don't want people to immediately spray me down. Smoke. Like, with Jet, I love being able to updraft on top of boxes. I love being able to dash in or dash out. Like, as Chamber, I think his guns that he gets are so fucking cool. And I love his TP as a reposition. Like, obviously I want to play the game with the abilities for the characters that I enjoy playing. Yeah. And I don't think that any of those abilities should be in a 1v1 scenario. Because I think the one v one should be separate from that. Well, I mean,
1: I think you—you none of us are going to disagree with. Right.
0: Um, Okay, but the reason why I was saying I think it's really interesting that Laggy is is here is if you were going to rank the three of us, right, in two separate categories, game sense and mechanics, and you've played a good number of games with all of us, how how do your rankings fall?
2: Oh boy! Oh boy! Game
0: sense. Okay, so you're you're putting
3: us in a bucket. Yeah. Uh, I mean, um, I I already have my answers for the three of us. Yeah, yeah. I
2: I almost think it's pretty easy to kind of rank it. Yeah. Mechanics, I think, is the biggest thing you focus on, Cass. So I think you're at the top of that. I think Chase just said it himself earlier. His combination of not having to really rely on his aim because of how much he thinks about how he can use his utility is going to put him in that game sense tier. And with Hunter. He plays he just he just made Yoru for an entire act, so he had to think about how am I gonna use my utility and he's playing a duelist, which you have to have decent aim for if you're gonna be a duelist and you're gonna create space so Hunter fits right in the middle, I but he like also he
3: likes really the right? stinger like that's a whole that like the stinger is a game sense gun
2: automatically at the bottom
3: no i'd say that's i wouldn't (laughs) say (laughs) there's no there's no like ranking within the tiers here i would also put hunter in this game sense category because even though like he's playing yori which is one of the highest game sense agents because you have to like think about every play that you're making um but then even like he played a lot of killjoy um all of that, like, he uses his utility to set him up in these situations. And the fact that he yeah. loves the Stinger uh, is not because the Stinger is a great gun for taking duels. It's because he can put himself in the situation where the Stinger will get the kill.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's, I think it's almost just casting the mechanics and then chasing Oh, no,
0: no. I was TV. saying, I was saying, rate... The or rank the three of us in each. Oh, of
2: within those.
3: Oh, okay. Yes, oh,
0: within those. Okay, okay, okay. So I, I'm putting you wise, like.
3: Oh, that's I'm a hot seat.
4: What? Yeah, yep, i put yep, you yeah. on hot okay. right
2: here. Okay, so if I'm thinking just mechanics, probably cast a top. But it's it's just so close between Hunter and Chase Dude, because and, and we're all like the same fucking rank. Basically, I was gonna say, you right. guys <laughs> are very close in rank, so it's like. Maybe just back to the whole um, hunter mating a duelist that you have to think about. He had to really hit his shots for his utility to work and for his plans to work. So maybe in mechanics it would go cast hunter chase, but then in game sense it goes it's just reversed almost. It's chase hunter cast. Interesting. I I, f- I feel like the way I'm thinking about it, I feel like that would make the most sense. Yeah, I feel like this
1: ranking is tough, because I was thinking about it, and, like, in general, I think that raw mechanics, I would lose to Cass. Uh, When I 1v1 Cass, I used my utility well to beat him. Um,
4: And I was also playing as
1: Yoru versus him as Jet, and Yoru's a much better 1v1 agent than Jet. Um, And then, if I think about, like, versus Chase, like, go ahead, go ahead, Cass.
0: Oh, I was just gonna say, like, I, dude, I, I made my bed. I picked Jet, you picked Yoru. Yeah. Like I knew we I knew what it was yeah. right, exactly. Yeah. Like I knew it was I knew we were doing a one v one. Yeah. I still picked chat.
1: You yeah. Know? At least he and didn't know. well we
0: we'll well we're talking about pre nerf jet here, so like I could dash at any point in time. Yeah. And like also when I one v one Tony, in which uh Chase and the Hunter both had money on the line. Yeah I picked oh, that that's too. Cool. <laughs> you know? Um Yeah,
1: and uh I bet on t- well I bet on Tony and I think he had to win No, yeah, we had but- a
3: we had a line set.
0: Yeah, we had a bunch yeah, of and Tony, even
1: we despite the line cast
3: one. I
0: think Tony had to win. Was it six rounds?
3: I think it was. He had to win six rounds, and yeah, yeah, it matched to thirteen. Yeah. And... <laughs> no.
0: yeah, I think it was matched to thirteen, Tony had to win six. Yeah, but I'll give it to him. Um, like, no, Jet was Jet was a terrible agent for that. Yeah, uh, I I was in my head. I was thinking oh, if I don't like this engagement, I can dash out. Also, keep in mind, Chamber did not exist at this point in time. I was going to say,
2: if I'm doing a 1v1, I'm picking Chamber. Yeah, Yeah. but Chamber didn't exist
0: at this point in time. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, Tony played
1: Cypher, for the record.
0: Yeah, yeah, Tony played Cypher. (laughs) Which is
1: one of the agents he likes best, yeah.
0: But also, I think that Cypher is a solid pick because there's no 1v1 mode, right? We just picked a map, and uh, we did random draw, so it ended up being Fracture. Okay. I think Cypher's a, a valid pick. You can put your cam up on one site, you can put your two traps up on another, and you can be wherever the fuck you want.
2: Well, that brings it back. With this 1v1 mode, would you use abilities?
0: Well, th- that's what I was saying. Mm. I personally wouldn't want abilities in the 1v1. Yeah. But again... But then with the at training,
2: like time- Chase's side of it, I feel like you would want abilities.
3: Possibly, so, but yeah. I feel like there are often times where you're stuck without abilities. At the end yeah, of a round. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. And round, also, like, like there's certain the agents system. who are just outright better yeah. than others, right? And so it'd almost create, like, a meta for the 1v1 if abilities were allowed.
2: That'd be hilarious. A meta for 1v1 mode. That'd be funny. Who would you
0: place at the top? Well, 1v1? before we get too far yeah. into this, could I finish yeah. what I was saying? Yeah, before yeah, you... yeah. Go Yep. Absolutely. It.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then we'll get into this because I think this is interesting. So I was just going to say that Cass, mechanically, I think would beat me. Be, Pure mechanics, no utility, more times than not. I think chase, the longer the range goes, the bigger the advantage goes to chase. I think regardless of what the gun is, like, close-range combat is my specialty, so I think I would have an edge there, but the more you brought it back, the more chase would have an edge. So I feel like that's why it's hard for me in my head to even decide who I think would win mechanics-wise, me versus chase.
2: Yeah, it's
3: a better way of thinking about it, because I was like, I have no fucking idea. Mm Mm-hmm. And with game sense, game sense is such like an ethereal like yeah it just you know sense I don't know, you can't see me when I'm doing like you know jazz hands kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know um yeah, like it yeah. it really doesn't exist in a way, like it's not something tangible you can put on such as like mechanics where you're like, oh, you are good yeah. at aiming, putting your crosshair on their head and clicking left click
0: no, but knowing but knowing where to place your crosshair. Knowing yes when exactly call. that but that's yeah, a very yeah, game yeah, sense is a
3: much more like i don't not quantifiable thing and so I think it's right. harder to rank
1: among the but, three of us who has. yeah the it's kind of like talking sense. about a qb's yeah. pocket presence it's like there's no way yeah, to like put a number on that
0: no but even then like like chase I'd say on average when like the two of us queue together right yeah i I have a tendency to lean towards the top or the bottom of the scoreboard Based on how I'm feeling <laughs> in any given day. Yeah. <laughs> like you the I feel like the game sense aspect of it makes you more consistent. Right? Like you're you're a more consistent player than I am. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean I, I would I would agree with that. And I'd say like maybe my highs aren't as high, my lows aren't as low, but I could right. still have like a, a top or bottom day easily.
0: No, no, and like yeah. Yeah, I like yeah, I, I'm not trying to, like I'm not trying to shit on you, for lack I mean you of
3: try to word, shit on it, me a lot, but no, I'm not taking well, yeah, any shit not, in this scenario. Yeah, okay. So currently, I'm <laughs> yeah. not
0: currently I'm not trying to shit on you. Um, I, I I I'm just saying that like you're, like if we looked at this as a bell curve, right? Like you've got a much skinnier bell curve than I do. Yeah, I think just because I. I'm often relying on and like specifically both as chamber and jet. I love to take duels right off barrier drop. Right. What really? I have never heard that before.
3: Yeah. I mean, well, I was going to say it's about the agents we play too, right? Like Hunter and I both play agents that require a lot more game sense than you do. And you play agents that require more mechanical skill. Right. So like, Mm -hmm. is that also game sense? You know, just picking a character that, uh Mm. plays to your strengths right like the fact that i i feel like i'm pretty good at dropping a smoke in the right position based on where my teammates are you know like that's something that i feel like i excel at more and so i pick a character that can do that but you're not dropping smokes except for yourself as jet right you're you're working on winning a fucking aim duel well
0: again it's the strengths that you lean into right
2: exactly So you asked which agents would be
0: best for 1v1s. I did. I did ask that.
2: Yoru um, is the best,
1: and I will be accepting no other answers. Okay. No,
0: no. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> uh, before you get into this, I want to see some scalding hot takes here.
2: Okay. Um, All right. Uh, and
0: I- I'm going to – No, no. I, okay. I, I'm going to give you a bit of background. We're going with the rules that Tony and I played under.
3: Yeah.
0: Re- in which – There is no separate map. There is just you spawn into any of the seven maps that are currently in the game. One person is playing defense. One person is playing offense. Spike plants. Go.
4: It's a 1v1. Who is
0: the best agent in the game with that specific scenario?
2: Any of the initiators. Killjoy. Are number one. The initiators are going to have either a flash, KO, Sky, Breach, or they're going to have a stun. Um, Breach again. He didn't name Silva. Fade, kind of. He doesn't have either of those.
4: Yeah. Silva,
2: you're going to be able to use the drone. You know where they are. You're going to be able to use shock darts. You can deal damage. Um, you've got a, that, uh, what is it? Is it just called a so- Sovadar? What is it called?
3: Recon. Dark dark. Recon dart. Recon dart. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Recon another dark. one where you know where they are. I think initiators would be the best for one v one scenarios. Um, Ko, you're literally shutting down their utility, so now it's just an aim duel, and you have ability still.
0: Um, if you, but if you don't hit your knife on Ko, yep, right? Like because info. Well, yeah, yeah, there there are certain knives, right? That like. Maybe you could hit an entire site with, yeah. But again, we're we're playing any map in the pool.
2: Yeah, I still think initiator is going to be your best choice. I think K is a good option. You can you can find out where people are. Sky, the flash tells you if you blinded them, even barely. If if your flash touched them in any way, blinded, like you know where they are. So I think roughly where they are. You don't know specifically. Exactly. You know there. Yeah. You know your flash hit them. Um if i go away from initiator i'm looking at it's not a hot take chamber you hold the spot down you put tps down you either hit your shot or you don't if you don't you tp out now you just try again um neon you're going to move fast as shit you're going to make it hard for them to hit you yoru you can fake them out tp whatever um i don't
3: think neon's a very good of, pick for this
0: yeah I, 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 I think, think it's theory, yeah. I, I, I think Yoru but, potentially has the advantage of quote unquote on defense, playing both sides. Yeah. Well, and or having a flash. On, on offense. On offense, I playing don't both think sides. any of the yeah.
2: controllers would work.
3: And having Obviously, your decoy you
0: smoke stuff off, but like, yeah,
3: Controllers is um, a bad option. I agree.
0: For one v one, I think I'm leaning fade.
2: Fade would be fantastic. I'm
0: leaning. I'm leaning fade. Right. You've got a a pseudo blind. In yep. in the prowler. You got two of them. They also allow you to clear angles.
2: You can trap them in a spot with whatever yeah. she has.
0: Um with I the don't know any of the
2: ability names. I suck at that. Yeah.
0: Um it it's tether, haunt, and prowler. Yeah, right? so tether. Yeah. Yeah. Um obviously the haunt similar to Sova Recon. You can yep. and, and again, right? Like so much of a one v one on any map brings It down to 50 50s, right? Yeah, like you you just gotta guess,
2: yeah.
0: Um, and and I think that that fade does a really good job of limiting the number of 50 50s you have to encounter,
2: yep. And she's another initiator. Like, I if I'm looking at it from this pr- perspective of you, you're not focusing on offense or defense, one of you is spawning on offense, one of you is spawning on defense, any map, whatever. I think initiator is going to be your best choice. Because, I mean, if you go Sentinel, you're hoping to be on defense, right? You're hoping to get some sort of setup going or some sort of some sort of way to block your opponent from coming in. So it's like, yeah, I think Initiator's the best option. But I, I just, I went to the Val- Valorant wiki to just get, like, the list of agents so I could just see them in front of me. Did you guys know that there were three scrapped agents? I, I actually
1: also was kicking around on the wiki and saw that recently. But no, I, I didn't, didn't know that, that until like last There's week. There's three though.
2: scrapped agents. The, the yeah, memes, they even have names: Crusader, Jules, and Shatter.
3: Huh. Yeah. And this
2: is really interesting. Um, just briefly, we don't have to go too much into it. Yeah, maybe Crusader, another pod we can talk more about it. But yeah. Yeah. Crusader I... was the name of an old agent concept that was later reworked into Breach. So that's kind of self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. um shatter uh was scrapped just being left over from internal playtests it says um they didn't really data mine too much about him. they just noticed that it was very similar to phoenix and they shared an identical jacket and logo um mm-hmm. it says the only ability they could find was the ability to kind of clone himself and being able to quote-unquote, shatter it on command, almost like a Yoru fake-out. But this Jules one was really kind of crazy. Her three abilities served as like a prototype to three different agents' current abilities. She had a lockdown that served as a prototype for Killjoy. She had some sort of an ability called Blink, or no. Some sort of ability, like Sova's drone dart, um, which then turned into his owl drone. And then she had a, an ability called Blink, which then served as the prototype to Jet's Tailwind. Which just yeah. seems crazy. Imagine
3: having a lockdown, a Sova drone, and a Jet Dash. Right? Like, That'd be such a weird <laughs> combo. This is,
2: yeah, this goes in. Yeah. We talked about it I, a few weeks back, but like with Valorant adding so many agents, you're going to have to create different agent pools. Like, there's going to be, there's going to have to be something not initiator, not sentinel. Like, it's going to have to be their own separate class. Well, this is hey, perfect. This is like a combination of three different
0: classes. Yeah. I feel like you don't need a separate class, you just need like hybrids, right? Well, yeah, but like, then
2: how are you going to group them?
0: Because you're going like, to don't have to group them, that... whatever. No, no. And, and like, I, okay, yeah. I I honestly think like it it's a huge over well, okay, oversight may not be the right word, but I think there's there's a mistake in thinking of sentinels, yeah, as a class, right? Chamber's like, I think example. there's a mistake there, right? Like, you don't pick a chamber for the same reason you pick a a killjoy or a cipher, right? Yeah. Like, um, when it comes to maps, like. The the one that sticks out in my head is is sent. right? Like if you're playing against a Killjoy, Highway is a fucking nightmare. Yeah. And especially if you don't have a Sovo with Shock Darts, who has two of them that they can send out and just you know kind of. If you're willing to spend Chase, how much are Shock Darts cost? One fifty. Okay, if you're willing to spend three hundred credits around. And just shoot those shock darts. But like that that one bounce through that window. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like from B Garage? Yeah, like you you one bounce them, you try to break shit on highway, right? Like if you don't have a Sov on your team, dealing with that is a nightmare. Now yeah. Yoru with his clone can actually deal with that, assuming it it doesn't get shot before it gets to the you know highway um so like like yoru is an option um
3: i mean yeah we've we've had to sit on the podcast before yeah, we we're talking exactly. about hybrid but characters like, and
0: yeah like it like there's certain reasons why you play some sentinels because it's a fucking nightmare to get onto site and when you have a comp that is for example a like you've got Viper and Killjoy, right? Viper being a controller who leans more into the uh, the Sentinel realm, like you can really just, you can make attacking a nightmare for the other team
4: yeah.
0: if they don't have the protocols to deal with what you're setting forth, and especially in ranked.
3: Yeah, man, that when, protocol skin set pretty wild.
0: Yeah like if you buy the protocol skin set like your your team comms are just on point um but like it, again it like you can create scenarios in which it, it is a nightmare to push onto site right like that is very possible and for for example there is the theoretical team of um yeah i came up with this way better in my head when i was thinking about it but, like, I'm thinking of, like, a, a pure defense comp, right? Like, you acknowledge that your offense is going to suck dicks, but you've got, like, um, like say you pick, like, Cypher Kojoy locking down each site. You've got, like, Sage Chamber locking down mid or whatever alternate pathways they want. Um, and then you probably yeah. need flashes so i guess yeah, the ko like
2: take scenarios
0: yeah like i i i guess a ko or a breach could work but like I, i'm just thinking like just i actually i think i think breach is a, a better pick for this example as in breach has a bunch of delay utility right i'm saying like you're playing a full just do not allow the other team onto site comp.
5: yeah
0: right like the, that that can potentially exist but even then the roles are are all different like and i understand how based on the map you might want to play either a killjoy or a cypher but and i think pro play has created a really good example of this you don't necessarily want to put your sentinel character on chamber yeah he he's more of a chambers of a, a duelist.
2: Let's let's quit
0: pretending chambers well, a duelist. I've got my personal <laughs> And we we've talked about on. it before. That's the thing. Yeah. Right? It's yeah it's a yeah. hybrid and,
3: um, and that's fine. Like you you can't yeah. put them in those buckets, right?
0: Right. Yep. But I I think that you reach scenarios where like um Asana on Icebox plays Sage. Right? Yeah. Sage is quote unquote a sentinel. But that's not why he's playing sage. He's not playing sage to lock down a site. Yeah. He's playing sage because of the fact that the the wall on icebox gives your team a lot of value both offensively and defensively and the like the slows can be used to initiate onto site better than say a Killjoy Molly could. Yeah. Um like I now, I don't have insight into Austin's head, but I believe that's why he he plays that character. Right? It, it's like even even amongst roles, right? Like there's there's an overlap in what what you want to play and and when. And I I think it's a mistake to be like, "Oh, this is a this is a triple initiator comp."
4: Yeah.
0: Uh or like, "Oh, this is a a double duelist comp." Or this is a no-duelist comp. Like, I, I think you're missing the point. And
5: I,
1: think, I think your point is that you're using the classifications available to describe the comp. No, <laughs> I, I no, don't no, think no, that no. means you're necessarily tripping. I, I, okay, sure. Yeah. But like,
0: I, I feel like the game would almost be better if the classification system just didn't exist in the first place. I think it's yeah, the
2: exact same shit. agent-wise?
0: Yeah. It, well, if it's I weird, mean... Just, every agent brings to the table what they currently bring to the table right yeah um and
1: that's it well i I don't feel like people are slaves to the names i feel like it is important as you start playing valorant to realize that the names are not set in stone like one like some of the descriptions for the roles are particularly bad like one of the things that i've always taken issue with is that it's that riot's description of duelists is that duelists uh one of the lines is that they um get high frags factors. and seek out engagements first. Yeah,
2: it, it's I know. self no, it's, Elo, no, it's always like you're yeah, the duelist, uh, why aren't you fragging out? Like no, right, right. Out the,
0: um, the the exact in wordings meta. are like like they've got self-sufficient utility and seek out engagements.
4: Yeah.
0: Right? Yeah. Um I no, I but again, I think we've reached a point in the meta where that might have been the case originally, but now people look at Duelists as can you create space? Yeah. And it, it's one of the re- reasons why Neon has become very viable on certain maps is the timing that Neon can get off barrier drop can create a huge question mark. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, but to get back to your point is is that I don't think Riot should just remove the roles. I think that they're useful ways to talk about the different characters even if the roles, you know, even if their the roles have become less important. Like I don't think they should just remove them. Yeah, I I agree with the Hunter roles here. do exist for a reason. Yeah.
3: It would be stupid to remove them because imagine starting the game and you're like okay, well what I have like fucking 19 characters to choose from or whatever and then
2: yeah who the hell do i choose yeah who
3: the hell do i choose like how do you explain that to someone to be like oh this is what a controller does this is what a duelist does this is what an initiator and a sentinel do right like that's just what you can explain and then it narrows it down obviously there's going to be nuance within that and significant nuance but it's stupid to remove them
2: yeah it's a good learn it's a good way to learn more about the game and then once you get past that fact and you can kind of you can kind of use an agent how you want to, to the strengths that you want to use them to. Then you're like, I don't really care that it's a Sentinel. I, Perfect example. I can think of is grim with Sage. Like, I love that you brought up sage yeah. because grim is known for the battle Sage. You would not yep. like grim is not going to be like, yeah, I'm picking Sage. Cause she's a Sentinel and it helps me on defense. It's like, nah, I'm picking the Sage. Cause I can create some absurd angles with, with my wall and mm-hmm. completely dominate opponents.
0: Right. Um yeah. I'm going to bring up a YouTuber that I don't think any of you guys will have heard of. Like um Think commands of Valorant? No, his <laughs> name is Jin Jinx.
2: <laughs> His name is what?
0: Jin Jinx. Jin Jinx? Yeah. Um hmm. he he did he made a bunch of content with this other guy named Tuner uh for another game that I played called um Genshin Impact which I know Chase and Hunter... Well, Face knows. Hunter kind of knows about. Laggy, I don't know if you have heard of that.
1: Guys get to the
3: point.
0: Um,
1: yeah, Laggy, I, okay. let me just say <laughs> yeah. you're better off not knowing about it. Yeah, you're, you're
0: you're probably your better off not... It, it's a very weeb-centered game. Okay. Um, At any rate, he was getting into Valorant when the beta dropped. Right? It, it was him and his buddy getting into Valorant, and he... uh. He talked about this on, on stream and stuff and was saying basically, like, it, like the guy that I kind of share a YouTube partnership with, this other guy, Tuner, is very mechanically good at games. Okay. Um, whereas he, he was saying, I am really dog shit at the mechanics of any other game. Um, and he was really into Monster Hunter beforehand. And he was like, so I made it my goal to... Fully understand all the numbers, all the mechanics, literally everything that goes into this game that isn't literally mechanically based. Because I want to be the best at that so that I can compete. Um, and just based off the initial agent roster that Valorant had, so no agents that have come out since beta, he made an interesting breakdown in which he grouped Cypher and Sova. Into a similar tier, stating these are information agents right okay. like it, it, it's it's not about the fact that one's a sentinel or one's an initiator it's about these are two agents that have different means of collecting information based on what's available um and now obviously, as the game progresses, right like now you've got. like a bunch of the initiators that have come out since are able to do that sky ko fade they've got information abilities because the role of initiator has somewhat converted towards that but if you look at breach who was a a launch state initiator there is nothing in his kit that gives you information yeah right um and so i think you are Slightly missing the mark when you say, "Oh, this is like a like a double initiator comp," because a double initiator comp between Sky and Breach, or sorry, Sky and Ko, is very different from a double initiator comp between uh, like Sova Breach.
3: You're just not giving yeah. people enough credit. Like, absolutely, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But it's a useful way of describing the comp, right? Like, it's not it's not supposed to be a uh, every double initiator comp is the same or every double duelist comp is the same it's that like it's a literally just a useful way of describing what the composition is to somebody right you be like oh they have two duelists here and obviously like, there's a reason they have two duelists and it's not because they were like oh we need two duelists specifically they're like we need these two people i right? mean we need these two agents so i think it, it's stupid to to say like or to not give people enough credit that they're not understanding exactly what the characters are
1: yeah, because along with the lines of what Chase has said, that there's still, like, a fundamental difference between the roles. Like, duelists, like, they can create space. Initiators, they set up their team. Controllers, they block off lines of sight. And Sentinels, they contro- they hold down space. And, like, yeah. yeah, obviously, there are situations where, you know, you you mix up the roles in terms that you might have a KO who, who plays more like a duelist you might have a neon who plays more, not really like a duelist, but like, you know, it's still a useful way example. to talk
2: about things. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, the reason why I picked neon is because like, the was way Victor neon plays neon to be an
2: initiator essentially. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Cass was talking about that. Like, yeah. if, if you see the way that Victor plays neon, like he's a lot, he he does a lot of things to like, you know, obfuscate where the what the team is doing or to like Cass said get past certain setups uh where you know him it's not so much about him seeking out the first duel of of him necessarily taking the space as much as just uh putting the other team on the back foot in terms of what their utility is doing but but either way we can discuss neon but my point is that i think the the roles still have a purpose not uh but but at the same time it's important to recognize this isn't overwatch where literally now, if you want to play Overwatch, you have to choose whether you're going to queue as like a tank, support, or a DPS, um, and like you're locked to
3: that. Yeah, way.
2: I don't want Valor to ever get to that point. Right, no. right,
1: yeah.
3: yeah. Right. Okay, um, I'd say on this, we should we should wrap this up. Uh, I mean, I have to get going. Yeah, so yeah, um, I would agree.
0: All right, you got uh you got yeah, five. Yeah, this is fun. Thank you. Yeah, for, thanks thank for joining the pod, laggy. Me. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's I'll been
3: awesome. It. Um. Absolutely. Everybody, join the Discord. Um. Come hang out with us. Hang out with Laggy. We're all playing games in there pretty Heck often. Yeah. So, um...
2: I'd love to do this again sometime. This is oh, fun. dude, Laggy. I would say it was
0: name? phenomenal to put a to put a face to the name. <laughs> um. Same to you. And you got and... to put three
1: faces to names. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. I I know you mentioned this at the beginning before we we're recording, but what you uh like? How do you feel we we fit our parts?
2: what do you mean how do you feel you fit your parts well did, does
0: hunter look like a hunter does chase look like our voices i think is what so is. Yeah, yeah, yeah
2: chase chase i mentioned looked exactly how i imagined he looked like which is really weird because that almost never happens you <laughs> are the cast are the furthest thing apart from what i thought you were gonna look like uh, um and hunter, most people don't Hunter's, mean, go ahead. Hunter's pretty similar it's it's not like the furthest, but like you're pretty close to what I thought you were gonna look like. I think it was just Cass. Cass, you look yeah. like a you look like a burly man. <laughs> like you got you got the thick yeah. beard. Like, yeah, I just didn't I just didn't think that's what you're gonna look like, and I'm I was surprised.
4: So, not, most people.
1: <laughs> funny story. Most people don't realize that Cass is half Asian, and there was the, the way I found out initially really? is I didn't, when I, I
4: would
2: have never guessed. Yeah. What, we, yeah like when Cas, what never guessed.
1: yeah yeah neither would i like the way i found out was like one time i was talking with Cass before i'd ever seen him like on a picture of him or on webcam and he made this joke that was like making fun of like asian people and like yeah. i heard it and i was like that's kind of messed up like that sounds kind of racist and then i and then i learned that Cass is actually half asian so, he can make <laughs> so a he's like oh okay
3: yeah okay and on that Straight, on right. that wonderful note now uh, again thank you laggy <laughs> And we will drink with you later. See you
4: guys.